Tim where all the records were because like you know Jimmy Hart put out a bunch of records whatever and WWF released one of his in the 80s and it's like really really hard to find and he was like why can't we find them anywhere and you go they're all in Canada baby and I say that all the time Welcome, everybody, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Young Rock. Young Rock has had one season with 12 episodes, with the second season just recently premiering on NBC. Today we're talking about episode one, which is called Working the Gimmick, originally airing February 16th, 2021. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the guys, Nick, Ferg, Joe, and Gordo. What's going on, guys? Hello. Jabroni. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours and take what's ours. Boom. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I, oh, also, yeah. I'll sign your chest. So we'll, so, so we'll, <laughs> to not go too ahead, obviously. So Young Rock is a show about Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and we'll get into that in a minute. Joe. About young Chris Rock. Joe, do you have any idea what Gordo just did? Not a clue. That is a legitimate part of a song that The Rock raps on recently on a Tech 9 song. Oh. And it's fantastic. Retweet us, Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hello, Dwayne. I mean, I will just talk about how much I love The Rock in the Fast and Furious movies and Hobbs and Shaw, but I is Tech 9 the guy from uh, Dave? No. no. Okay. I know nothing about hip hop. That's you not tr- from like 1990. You tried. That was YG. 90s or whatever. If you guys want to go back and listen to Dave, which is an episode we used to cover. Also, quick reminder, s1e1pod.com. That's where you can go to find all the links to our social media and everywhere else you can listen to us. And additionally, rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on all social media. But yeah, so Young Rock. Young Rock's a fairly new show. Uh, going into this episode that we're doing, this is kind of our WrestleMania episode, right? This is coming out the Thursday before WrestleMania weekend. So we want to do something a little wrestling themed for you guys. Uh, but Young Weird. Rock, uh, yeah, so there's five wrestling fans, four that are still fans, and one who's like a begrudging, somewhat wrestling fan on this uh, <laughs> in this group. But uh, have you guys watched Young Rock up until this? No. I've seen all of it. I didn't even know it existed. We've been following it. it it's a, There's a lot of fun stuff in there, if you're a wrestling fan. A lot, lot, of, lot of insider stuff. I said there's a lot of insider uh, stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, you have to be a wrestling fan thing. I will say, though, I did look up really quickly the, like, comparison of the pilot episode of this when it aired versus what the ratings were for Raw that same week. And this got, like, three million more watchers than Raw did that week. <laughs> oh, of course. Which just goes to show you that people would much rather watch stuff about wrestling than most modern wrestling right now uh well yeah the rock in general the rock's become such a gigantic star beyond wrestling that you know so of his like millions and millions of the rocks fans uh, how many of them really know him like from his actual wrestling career other than just being aware that he was a wrestler i think people know what the rock is cooking (laughs) <laughs> well generationally right we're in our 30s we were there for like when the rock was rocky Maivia, all the way up through everything right like we've been there for the whole ride i imagine as the years go on less and less people have i'm sure people know about it obviously but i don't know how many people have seen him wrestle anymore right. you know what i mean i don't know if that's his appeal anymore 
I will say, I do love him as an action star, and I'm much happier watching him as an action star these days. That Skyscraper movie was so good. Is that the one where he had one leg? Yes, he has one leg. He jumps Hold on, I'm going to tip the hat real quick. San Andreas, right? No, the it's, called, it's called Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Two di- no, it's, they're, they're two different, different movies. Yeah. Okay. It's essentially the same movie, <laughs> yeah. One is he has a, both legs, and the other one he does not. Uh, one of them uh, in Skyscraper, it's a giant building split into two towers that a giant fire starts because two helicopters crash into it. If you want to guess if I was into that movie immediately, you're goddamn right I was. And then The Rock has to save Nev Campbell and jumps off a crane. It's fucking awesome. Nev Campbell, sign me up. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so all right. So, Joe, you watched Young Rock before yep. this. The rest of us first timers, right? No, I saw the pilot when I Okay. Did. Okay. I'm sorry. We've been watching ongoing, too, so we're, we're even caught up in the new season because we've been just watching it weekly as it's been on. Yeah, and I even kind of it, – it's always interesting when we do shows that are still kind of in production versus shows that have, like, long since, you know, ended. So, yeah, um, as of the recording of this, I think episode one of the second season came out, but, like, the second one is – I think is actually the day we're recording is the day the second episode's coming out. I don't want to give anything away about any older episodes, but as is the gimmick, if you've just seen the first episode, there's a lot of wrestlers involved, right, along different time periods. The entire story arc of the first episode of the new season is The Rock becoming friends with Harvey Whippleman and <laughs> when he's downtown Bruno in Memphis, and he turned, and I could see the actor. I turned to Kelsey, and I was like, this is going to be downtown Bruno, and he's like, I'm downtown Bruno, and I like had to pause it. I was like, I'm so fucking happy right now. Dr. Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> you are so the only person in the history of persons to say that. That's not true. His best friends are The Rock and uh, Psycho Sid, so I'm probably third. Oh, future Hall of Famer, Psycho Sid? Future Hall of Famer, Harvey Whippleman? I know. Harvey Whippleman? Like the, 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 the manager? Yeah. yeah. He like still works for the company, I think. But yeah, we oh. let's not get too down this rabbit hole because Nick is already gonna kill yeah. himself. <laughs> and, and there's people who want to actually hear about the show itself. So uh, there's gonna be so much wrestling conversation injected into this episode. We we, we can't just plow an hour into it before we even uh, get into the opening scene. Oh, there is some wrestling nerdiness that I am going to unleash on this bullshit. Oh yeah, there's gonna be plenty of it. So let's get right into the opening segment. It starts with this like news scene, like a. Not a, not like a nine o'clock news, but like one of those news report shows. Like a sixty minute, not sixty minute Dateline. I guess. I don't know. Dateline is Dateline seems right. Yeah, yeah. World News Tonight. to catch a rocketer, and it's it's the year thirty thirty two, and the guy hosting the show is Randall Park, the actor who's playing himself in it. So yeah, I love that he's playing himself. Yeah, it it the whole you know we'll talk about it more. I thought but, it was uh, John Krasinski at first. Well, <laughs> Asian Jim. Yeah, you don't see color. Good for you, Dwight. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who uh, are avid Office fans, he played Asian Jim. I literally have that written in my notes. It's like things I know Randall Park from. The first yeah. thing is like Bobo Jim. He starts off by saying, "Good evening, I'm Randall Park. The primaries are over, and the nominees for the 2032 U.S. presidential race are set. And one name you may have heard before." Candidate Dwayne Johnson has wasted no time hitting the campaign trail with his no-must-no-fuss bus tour, traveling cross-country to talk to American voters. Uh, before we even get into the cutscenes, I thought they did a really good job of, like, you know, when shows are trying to predict what the future looks like, the bus that he's driving has, like, this giant, like, motion, like... 
LED yeah, screen like showing guy. him, it's yeah, like waving. Futuristic yeah. bus. It was really cool. And I'm like, I can see this being what buses look like it in 15 years exist, or so. You know, honestly, yeah. ten years. Yeah. There's <laughs> definitely some like billionaire candidate running right now who's got like a digi bus or something. Rock already owns that bus. Yeah, it's just in the Rock's backyard right now. <laughs> now. Did anybody think that this was a waste of a good joke because they go to show The Rock, right, running for president, and they have all the signs that say, like, Dwayne Johnson for president, but they could have easily snuck in something fun as, like, you know, Johnson and blank. Like, imagine if it was, like, oh, yeah, Johnson Nails or Johnson Taker or Johnson Cena. Like, you could have put one thing in there and just had it be, like, real quick for the fans, especially on a pilot where you don't know if you're going to get picked up, like, throw something fun in. Yeah, we're talking about wrestling references that are just for Joe. If it said Johnson and Nails, then, yeah, then it would <laughs> be specifically for you. No one else would know what's going on. I would on. be on that campaign I don't think a convict day. can yeah. run for vice president, Joe. <laughs> From the time he sent me mail, I think he works at a hard hat company now. I forget. There's some cut scenes of him on the campaign trail. There's one where he's like doing like a little speech, kind of like a woody area. And he picks up this giant squash and he, he's like, oh, this is big as Kevin Hart's ego. And so, you know, he's injecting his normal real life humor into this. He, he kind of has a now legendary buddy relationship with Kevin Hart. That's like one of my favorite Hollywood friendships. Like <laughs> just them two being best buds. Yeah. When they would have the things where they were on movie sets together and they would post Instagram videos at the same time of them yelling at each other <laughs> yeah. from, from, from their own perspectives. He was, I do like the, uh, they interject him and Ryan Reynolds into Hobbs and Shaw, and they're both... Yeah. The movie's better for both of them, I think. As this um, intro continues with Randall Park, he says, but that level of fame also has its downside. Dwayne Johnson's success is being used against him by his critics. They say he's lived the cushy Hollywood life for so long he can't relate to the struggles of the average American. Which cuts to this sit-down interview now between Randall and The Rock, and The Rock saying, hey, that can't be any further from the truth. I've had one hell of a life, but I wasn't born into it. I've had to work really hard for everything that's come my way. There's still so much I have to share with the world. And Randall's like, oh, I'm surprised because you're such an open person. And then he says, you know, I'm, I try to be as open as I can, but people don't know every time I open the fridge, I still got to, you know. I thought this was kind of a weird... The humor in this this whole interview between the two of them is so dry and odd. And the cut for this is his big way of revealing that there's things he still needs to tell the people is that when he opens the fridge, he says, Can you tell that the rock is hungry? Can you tell that the rock is hungry? And it's just a shot of him opening his fridge and saying it at home. And I'm like, what? what is this? I feel like this would have been way less awkward if he was like, I still am a normal person. Like, you should see me at home. And then if it just cut to him doing that instead of him having to, like, bait the line out, it would have flowed a little better. I think it would have been better if he had all the ingredients out and was cooking. And he said, you smell what the rock is cooking. I was going to say, I don't think he can say that. I bet, I bet he can't, I bet he can't mm, say it. I guarantee you it's copywritten. I guarantee you that Vince would have let him because he's dying to get him back whenever he can. And <laughs> yeah, he says, no, yeah. he'll never come back. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody was going to get it, Vince would be like, well, sure, pal, anything you need. What are you doing in March? You're going to be a mania? Yeah, I know, because they baited that line by like, oh, like, can you do it? Like, you want me to do it? Yeah, I'm begging you. It's like all this back and forth, and it was for like a really, really weird payoff. But yeah, you're right. The instant cut, I think, would have made more sense. But they intentionally are making this interview really awkward. So I, it's this dry. I don't know how to compare it. Like what it? It's almost like um. It kind of reminded me of like the Lonely Island style of humor. To be honest, it's like that really like offbeat, awkward. Like it's really tough to explain. 
I I got like the is that the Zach Gillifanakis? Oh, the between two ferns type. Yeah, that's yeah, true too. That's what I, I got that, from yeah. it. So the Rock's telling him there's so much about my life I still want to be able to tell the people. And Randall's like, you can't tell this because I used to be an actor, so I'm skilled at hiding my emotions, but I'm on the edge of my seat. And he's like, oh, I can tell you're a hell of an actor. And he's like, oh, true. <laughs> and, and it was like again, it, it's just very strange humor, but okay, like it's we, we haven't gotten into the actual show yet, you know. They do this and, a few times throughout the episode. And I don't think it lands very often, but there is one later on that I thought landed pretty well. I like them. All I don't I mind didn't it. Like is that one fridge joke, but the most of it I, I enjoyed. Maybe mainly because I like Randall Park a lot. <laughs> I like Randall Park a lot too, and I think he's good in this role. I just think that sometimes they're throwing a lot of these jokes at the wall, and they don't necessarily. He's like, I am. Like that's not super funny. But later on, he says a couple that like. I okay, just thought it was like there. they were like two different shows. That's the thing. Like the actual cutaways to like when which we're about to get into in a second. And, like, all this interview stuff feels like it's two different brands of humor. And they're, like, they're interjecting them in a very odd way at times. It just feels like you're watching two different shows at once. Like, this interview is a device to just introduce you to the show Young Rock without it being something that we would find out more about in the... Actually, you know, I hate to do this because I really don't like to break away from episode one stuff, but I'm, I got to know this one thing. Joe, as someone who's watched the rest of the season, mm-hmm. do they continue to use this interview device or is this a one yeah. episode only? Okay, it is. Well, it it changes locations, but it's the same device. He's telling the story the whole show. Well, then that's one long interview. Well, it's different interviews, so like they're following him along the whole campaign trail. Okay, so time is elapsing. Is, All right. Rand- is it always Randall Park? Yeah, it's always Randall Park. Okay, so I was under the impression that it was like they were using this as some weird intro to the show, and then from episode two on would be different. So, anyways, it gets back to like you know the Rock saying, you know, you just got to understand where I came from, and now we cut to the you know the first cutback scene of him at like age ten. And he's um, watching his father wrestle when he was a kid, and he's sitting with his mom uh, ringside, like front row. And this is when he gives you a little bit of an insight to his history, and he says that, you know, my father was Soul Man Rocky Johnson. My grandfather, my mother's father, was High Chief Peter Maivia. Like, wrestling is part of my blood. And you're seeing um, The Rock in the ring with one of the Wild Samoans, either Afa or Sika. I'm not sure. They didn't specify which yeah, one, Yeah, they specify right? who, but they're both there because one's on the outside, too. Yeah, and they are very similar looking both in real life and the actors that portray them. So there's a really distinguishable way of knowing which is which. This show did a great job finding actors to play the old wrestlers. Oh, yeah. I thought with the Wild Samoans especially. I was like, yeah. for, for those who, uh, who know what they look like, it's like, how did you find two actors that were so closely like uh, resemble these two men? The only one that I will say didn't hit was Andre the Giant. I think he's such a polarizing person who like transcends that it's very tough if he doesn't look exactly like him. See, yeah. I, I think the the guy looked like him. He just wasn't big enough. And where are you going to find someone that can act and be that size? Well, I was going to say, could too, never. I mean, you see Rocky <laughs> Johnson in the ring, right? And he throws a drop kick and he's doing all this stuff. Like they found this guy who's an actor and enough of an athlete that they we're able to, you know, like with all these people, there are some people who do come in later on. The guy who plays Macho Man, you'd be saying a little different of like, I can't believe how much it looks like him because the Macho Man guy doesn't really. But but I think that it, that again goes back to talking about like Andre the Giant. There is certain caliber of like celebrity where their their faces are so in, like burned into your brain that it's really tough to have someone else portray them sometimes. And you have to find a seven foot five guy like that's tough too. There's not a lot of people that big who also act who have some charisma. You know, it's, it's a small pool you're going to. I love the the guy that got to play the Iron Sheik too. Yeah, I do like. Yeah, the Iron and, Sheik and guy. we'll meet we'll meet him in a little bit down the road. 
Oh, Jay, did you mention though that says Hawaii 1982? So just so we can go. Yes, 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 yeah. So Hawaii 1982. So he's about 10 years old, I think is, is, um, what he's portraying at this point. The youngest rock that will, um, that we're meeting. And, uh, his parents, um, yeah, soul man Rocky Johnson, uh, being played by Joseph Lee Anderson and his mother Atta Johnson played by Stacey Lelua. And I looked up everybody in this who I didn't know. Like the guy who plays Andre is like the football player. A lot of people have a lot of TV credits, but I think one thing that makes this show work so well is it's not a lot of well-known actors. Yeah, I prefer that most. I times. bet they've all, I bet they've all been on Law and Order. Oh, everybody's, but most of them been on Law and Order, except for those super young kids. But it's the horror movie rule, right? Like you don't want to see Ryan Reynolds getting killed or Bill Murray getting killed because you know who they are in your head. But in this, you're like, oh, I can, yeah, I can just like, okay, you're that person. That's fine. I don't see you with somebody else. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so as you're seeing The Rock in the crowd with his mom, like, he's going, you know, dad is over. And she's like, yeah, he is. They really love him. And this is right off the bat. Just I want to start going back and forth. Like, to say over means that he's very popular with the fans. Like, there's a lot of insider wrestling terminology, and we've mentioned this earlier. I keep questioning if you're a if you're a fan of The Rock but a very casual wrestling fan or not a fan at all. Like, can you follow along, just get the gist of what they mean, or do you think people are getting lost in this? When they use terminology like that. I appreciated it, but I think a lot of it was a little forced. And maybe that's how it really was. I don't know. I wasn't there. I can see them saying that in real life. I'm just wondering for a casual viewer if this isn't easy. Yeah, is that easy for them to understand what they're what they're it's, saying? It, it's explained because, like, they'll say something like, oh, he's over. And then they explain it to Young Rock. So the terminology is explained, especially when they're in the apartment. And wrestling's a weird thing, too, because, like, you, it depends on how you use a word, right? Like, if you say somebody's a mark, I feel like people understand that terminology. It's like old, you know, Bart Simpson says, you know, don't tell the marks, right? Like, it's an old-timey thing people sort of know. But if you're to say, like, oh, I, ball, marked, man. I marked out, bro, people would be like, fuck is marking out mean, right? There's, like, a weird language in wrestling that regular pe- people who, like, aren't into that will never understand. Yeah, you know what's funny is there are times within our own show that we've definitely used some of these words, and I and I question, like, Oh man, I, I have to remember that the people who listen to us are not all wrestling fans and we're using insider wrestling terms. And we're not wrestlers or inside. Exactly. <laughs> Which is yeah. fucking embarrassing. Do you think that we're over with the fans? I, I hope. <laughs> I would hope so. If you're listening right now, thank you. So after that, uh, the, uh, Rocky John, it's so confusing, by the way, because I'm always debating how I'm going to say The Rock's name. If I'm going to call him Dwayne or Dewey, they call, um, Younger Rock, they, his parents call him Dewey. And then his father is Rocky. So it's like, how do we keep saying rock and Rocky and not confuse the people listening or myself when I talk? It's going to be a, a constant struggle. I'm going to just say The Rock when I'm referring to yeah, Dwayne. I would, I would just say The Rock and Rocky. Or Soul Man, because Soul Man's a fucking awesome name. Yeah, so yeah, Soul Man Rocky Johnson, he gets the win in this match. And, you know, he looks over and he's looking over at his son and his wife and they're cheering him on. And it immediately cuts to after the show, and they're all walking outside of the arena. And a girl's like asking him to sign his chest, uh, sign her chest. And Young Rock is like, "I'll sign your chest." And he's like, uh, "No, you won't." <laughs> and uh, I think that was something that they used in the promos for the show, right? I believe that was like the that's a clip I think I remember seeing ahead of time. I think so, yeah. I do like too when he's signing the autographs. He looks at one girl incredulously. He's trying to get him to sign a picture of Carl Weathers, which yeah, is such a that, great yeah, joke. Yeah. And this is 82, right? So we're like pre-Predator, but we've got three Rockies out. Yeah. So for those of you listening who don't know what The Rock's actual father looks like, he does have a similar look to Carl Weathers, who is Apollo Creed. Similar hair, mustache, muscle, muscular guy. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought that was a good joke that the, uh, in that point. 
In The Rock's uh, narration, he's explaining how much he idolized his dad at that point in time. Now there's a conversation as they're getting back home where The Rock's asking his dad why their car is so much nicer than their house. And his dad's explaining that they need to work the gimmick. And that's a constant theme of this episode. It's the name of the episode is working the gimmick. But he's saying things like cars, clothes, jewelry. The fans see that stuff. So he needs to portray the person he is in the ring, outside of the ring. So that is kind of where he focuses his money in because that's what people can see. Yeah, I think he says uh, they'll see us drive off, but they won't follow us home. Right. Because yeah, they pull up into like a real shithole apartment. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that they were living in a hotel. So did I. It has one of those long stay hotel vibes. Yeah, I think it's like a hotel that you rent by the month sort of thing. Right. Because I think we, we I mean, they haven't really established in, in he because they move around throughout life and as wrestlers, I know he has family there. This is where his, his mother's side of the family is, but they might not live, live in Hawaii. Yeah, that was my assumption is they were living on the road driving from venue to venue and that that was just the hotel they were in for that week. Yeah, that could be that could be the case too. But I think it's a long stay. It's probably like a month to month deal. I mean, I imagine that maybe they had a house they grew up in, but now Rock's grandmother lives in an apartment that wouldn't fit all of them living there too, right? So it's not like they can go crash with family for a long extended period of time. Right. And then during this conversation, this is also when his mom chimes in and said, like, this is why we can't hang out with Uncle Iron Sheik when we're outside. Because in the wrestling world, Iron Sheik is a heel, you know, or a bad guy. And his father was a baby face, good guy. So, you know, in those times, especially in wrestling, and even into like into the 90s, there was a time where they had to separate that stuff. There was no social media. So if you're a good guy or a bad guy, you couldn't be seen intermingling in real life. Kayfabe. I just wish that he said your uncle Cosro because he wouldn't actually call him Uncle Iron Sheik. I, w- I was going to say the same thing, Joe. That bothered me. That bothered me a little bit because then you could have again when they meet everybody been like, that's my uncle. That's my uncle Cosro. They call him the Iron Sheik. Like, or you might know him as the Iron Sheik. They could have done the same thing that they did with this episode with the cards, but just call them by their real name. Right. And like parenthetically have it like Iron Sheik. Yeah, I think they're trying to they're trying to appeal to the wrestling fan and then also explain it in a simple way to the casual. So we also don't know. Maybe they did call him that. They were living yeah. the gimmick. As yeah. They, say on that yeah. they could have called him like Uncle Sheik or whatever. A lot of like wrestlers, when you hear themselves in interviews. Sheiky baby. Yeah. They, they, they <laughs> often refer to each other by their gimmick names a lot. So it's very possible that they could have been calling him Uncle Iron Sheik. I don't know if anybody watches Righteous Gemstones, but Walton Goggins' character on it is named Uncle Baby Billy. And that's all I kept thinking of in this. And it's like, Uncle Iron Sheik was like, what a funny name. Like, I don't know, having Uncle Three Name thing is very funny. I have just seen, I I kept thinking about all the Iron Sheik clips of him on Howard Stern back in the day. And they were always hilarious. (laughs) I got to meet him once. He's, he's very, very old. um, You know, hope he's in good health. Great Twitter game, even at this age. I don't think he's writing any of those, but <laughs> I don't think that's him. I, yeah, I don't know if you're aware. There's like it. I guarantee he is by what they are. No, I think it's those no. Megan brothers. Or whatever yeah, there's two brothers who run his account. They oh, they run the no. account. They actually run Virgil's account too now. I'm sure he's saying stuff similar to that, but I'm sure it's also laced <laughs> with things that they even they would be like maybe not on Twitter. I don't know if we can put that out there. There's that. Yeah, there's like a whole documentary on him that was on Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember now. But yeah, it explains all of their involvement in his life, and they kind of rejuvenated his life. And very interesting story. If, but this is not a show about the Iron Sheik. So, we'll, but we will talk about him a little bit later. God, sign me up for that show. I would watch Young Sheik. 
The Mia Khalifa show. <laughs> just him and Iran lifting weights. Yeah, it's like yeah. 1940s or yeah. 50s Iran. He's like seven years old. We're like, oh, this is kind of more boring than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, but so as they continue to talk to The Rock, they're talking about, you know, eventually if you work your gimmick long enough, it becomes reality. And uh, then you'll end up with a, a nice home, which in turn will mean that they'll have an even nicer car. And the mom chimes in asking if it can be red because she loves red cars. And that's a, another thing that comes up later in the episode. The dad says, you know, uh, we just need to head over to um, your grandma's real quick so we can get paid. And then they'll all go out to dinner. And the mom reminds him, okay, but we need to be really quick. And you can tell by her reaction that this is not a one-time issue. They, they must end up there quite a bit and usually for longer than anticipated. Well, I think it's one of those things where, like, if any of us were to say, like, hey, I'm going to go over and the other four of us are someplace and you were like, I'm just going to have one beer and I'll be back. Our significant others or anybody else would be like, yeah, sure, you'll be back in one beer. Like, we know what's going to happen when you all get together. I just I found it strange that he he uh, Rocky was the one who said um, just to stop in instead of her saying just to stop in. We have other things to do. Well, yeah, well, it's it's what's funny is it's her mother's house but yeah. he's the one who's well like, granted he has to go and get paid she's involved in the business but the role reversal of like oh we, we need to go by your mother's real quick and she's like we got to be in and out we cannot stay there usually it'd be like we're not going to your mother's house and staying there for too long yeah normally you don't like your in-laws <laughs> yeah but in this case and as we find out because now we cut to her house the door opens and they're greeted by the rock's grandmother and uh inside the house there are a bunch of the wrestlers hanging out so this is obviously why Soul Man wants to be there because he knows all the other boys are hanging out. Uh, and, you know, of that group, by the way, is like the guy you just saw him fighting earlier, which peels back the curtain a little bit about the reality of wrestling. It does seem like a fun party, though. Iron Sheik's making margaritas. There's yeah. dogs with mushroom-shaped tumors scratching Well, yeah, well that's, well, that's the first thing that happens. As soon as they walk in, you see this this shot of a dog from behind laying on its side, like making this terrible noise. And, uh, yeah, it's a belly tumor. And, uh, she's like, oh, don't worry. It's benign. It's benign. <laughs> and, uh, the rock's mom is like, is that mushroom looking one new? And it's just like the, it was, I get that it was a funny gag, but it was just sad to me because I felt like I was watching a dog in pain just laying on its side. I was like, <laughs> why does this need to be here? And reality is pain. All right. I wonder if I feel like that had to be based in reality of some way when the rock was like my grandmother's house man she had this dog right because otherwise who would just think to write that weird thing in yeah yeah that's true that's true also i'm sure that dog is long dead so r.i.p that dog i would assume by all logic unless it's the world's oldest dog then yes he's dog the bark johnson (laughs) I thought you were going to say Dog the Bounty Hunter. I did, too. Yeah, I was waiting yeah. for a Dog the Bounty Hunter joke. It was like, because he's from Hawaii, too. So I was like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Going Christ, brother. <laughs> give him a cigarette. Give him a cigarette. Put the handcuffs in front of his hands. Iron Sheik, come with me. So now they tell him the rock, go shake everyone's, they're saying, go shake everyone's hand, Dewey, which is what they call him. I mentioned that earlier. And you know what's funny is the only reason I knew that is because Warren Sapp did a, he did like a podcast with. Segura and Burt Kreischer, and he and he calls him Dewey. And I was like, why does he keep calling The Rock Dewey? But I guess that was uh, his nickname that carried over for, throughout his youth. I think I've heard anybody here who's like older wrestling, like of his dad's generation, all call him that too. So it must have been like when he was in the locker rooms and stuff as a kid, everybody must have just called him Dewey. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So like if you knew him as Dewey as a kid, even though he's this giant man now, you'd still be like, Dewey! 
it makes sense. Like my sisters, all my sisters' friends that like I grew up with, and I was little, also call me Mikey. They're the only people on Earth that call me that. Right. It's like once you know somebody is something, it's hard to get away from it. After that point, we get this. As he's shaking everyone's hand, we get this kind of like montagey thing where you're introduced to all the wrestlers that are in the room, and they're playing "Let's Groove" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. By the way, with great song. The soundtrack for this is really good. You get this. You get Salt and Pepper Shake, uh, Push It Rather later on. You get um. Crazy yeah, train by crazy Ozzy. train. Yeah, the, the rocks behind this, so there's a budget. Well, you gotta love you gotta love stuff that takes place in all the decades because you get stuff like that though. Yes, and uh, they do use music as a vehicle to kind of show you the difference of times, like to get you through the years, which I think is really smart because everybody recognizes that. You know what I mean? Y- exactly. And uh, yeah, the wrestlers in the room are the Junkyard Dog, Afan Seeker, the Wild Samoans, the Iron Sheik, and Andre the Giant. And it's like, they all have like a little different scene each with them. And Gordy, you mentioned before that I really love that transition effect they were using. Every time you saw someone, there's that little pause and then they would pop up with like this fake trading card that would show you the guy and who he was like, so it would show him in his wrestling attire. So you were kind of seeing the man and then the character. They should have put those out for, um, for the show promotional stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That would would have been really smart. That would have been a fun pack. The cards were the real wrestlers, right? They weren't the actors. No, they were the actors. They were the actors in, yep. yeah, in, in the gimmick. They came up so quick, I didn't get a good look. Just for one second, that there was no point in time when all of these people were wrestling in Hawaii together at that in 1982. You calling The Rock a liar? I'm trying to th- I mean, it's very No, possible. they were all with him as kids at different points, but not this year. Andre and Rocky Johnson wrestled in Hawaii that August. I went digging because I knew there okay. was no way. All right, I... Junkyard well, Dog was only Houston and Mid-South in Georgia that year. Like, I went deep into wrestling listings. I was like, there's no way they're all at the same time. Sometimes wrestlers would pop into Hawaii on their way to or from Japan, because it's like the middle point, and would wrestle for a little bit. But there is no record of all of them being there at the same time. You can make the argument that, like, Andre could have been there and the others are Samoan, so they'd be there, like, maybe just visiting. But they really they really had to get Junkyard Dog in there. Like, yeah, they're probably, yeah, the they're probably trying to win Junkyard Dog. Yeah, he was at his some... biggest in 82 in Mid-South, too. Like, he was not leaving that whole territory where he was making so much money. Sorry, Nick. That's okay, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I know it's... Obviously, shows like this are not... They're not documentaries, so they're gonna, they're gonna skew a little bit from the truth, but... I wondered that, the validity of some of it. Trust me, we'll get into it later. This is the furthest from the thing I thought was the, no, this isn't real part. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into that a little later though. Sorry, Gordo. I know it's like advertised as obviously being about the rock, but it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, exact. Like it has to be entertaining first. And then, you know, they can inject these, you know, historical accuracies after the fact because, you know, it wouldn't be as good if these dudes weren't all sitting around the same table. Oh, I totally agree. I just feel like as a big wrestling nerd, I have to point it out. But I think that some of the non-realistic wrestling things are the best part about this show. I love the way the matches look because they're shot cinematically and not shot like real wrestling. And I think that looks way better on TV. And you don't want to watch someone being super precise. You want to watch something that looks cool. Like when they cut to when he talks about his grandfather and they make the footage look older and grainier. It looks like Lucha Underground. Yeah. Sorry, is anyone surprised that The Rock didn't play his father like he did on that 70s show when he played Rocky Johnson? No, only because of how much he's going to be injected into the show that I think it would be almost distracting if The Rock was playing his father. I was going to say that I'm the only one here that liked the suspension of disbelief and thought that they could all hang out. No, I I didn't have a problem with it. I liked it. 
Yeah, I don't dis I don't dislike it. I just call bullshit on it. Not bullshit. I just let it roll. But of all those uh, intro scenes that we're seeing, all the guys, I, I think the Iron Sheik one was the one that made me laugh the most. Because, yeah, it was just the, the idea of the Iron Sheik just making margaritas uh, really tickled me for whatever reason. The best thing about the Iron Sheik is that he's actually just a Midwestern husband, right? Like, when he's not wrestling, he lives in, like, Minnesota in, like, a nice house with, like, a very Midwestern family. Like, he must have some weird domesticated side <laughs> to him, you know? And uh, this is, um, now that they're there, you know... Rocky tells the mother, like, how about we just order some food here? And she reminds him that they were, you know, they're only supposed to be in and out. And she obviously knew that this was going to happen. So now he's like, do we want to stay and hang out with the guys? So, you know, how about, you know, we'll just get ice cream later. And that's like the new compromise. So first it's, we're going to be in and out. Now it's, well, let's just stay. We'll get ice cream. And as it continues, you'll see more, but you're already kind of finding out what kind of guy soul man Rocky Johnson is. Yeah, and I, I respect that they didn't just, like, paint them to be, like, father of the year. Like, they're very honest about that. You know, Rock could have stamped on that. So, I guess I, I, I respect the honesty of the show. Yeah, because, I mean, like, the, he's still his dad, and he even says it in the episode, right, where he was like, I knew my dad wasn't the greatest, but when I was a kid, he was my hero. Like, there were a lot of stories that are kind of sketchy about Soul Man. You know what I mean? And he's kind of painted as maybe not the greatest guy in the world. And it is nice for him to be like, look, I'm aware of that, but the dude was my yeah. dad, right? So, like... We're going to be honest here. A little and especially which, when you're 10 years old, like, this is through the eyes of Dwayne at age 10. So, right, like, of a little kid. And uh, so now there's a conversation where all the adults are sitting at a table together, and they're talking about this match that Junkyard Dog just had with somebody. And uh, the guy, I, I try to look it up. I think the wrestler they spoke of was fictitious. They say Playboy Bobby Briggs. I'm assuming they're trying to talk about Playboy Buddy Rose because they talk about him having a terrible body. And Playboy Buddy Rose was, like, notoriously, like, I'm sexy, but was, like, a really big dude. He did, like, the whole blow-away diet in WWF, but he was big in Portland. But they, well, they were talking about how, like, yeah, ton of talent, but terrible body. Um, Andre says he looks like a loaf of bread. <laughs> but then they were talking about how he's got to work the gimmick. And, you know, you could have all the skill in the world, but, you know, if the audience doesn't buy your look, then you never get over. So, I don't know. I would question maybe Playboy Buddy Rose is a little too popular. Buddy Rose was very over. Yeah, so, like, the way they're talking about him, it doesn't quite line I up. I don't like lines like that when they're talking about the biz to each other, because they all would know that already. So, who are they saying it for? They're saying it for the audience. And that's what I meant when I when I said some of that is forced earlier. That's, that's what I meant. Because so like, they wouldn't be just casual conversation with each other. Shit, every well, they, single one of them they drive this in. I mean, this is, like again, it's the name of the episode is, like, living the gimmick. So... I think it's interesting to know how this episode would be perceived to the five of us, five people who watch wrestling and know this stuff, versus five people who have no idea what's going on in the world of wrestling. I think it would uh, it would hit them very differently, and it would almost it would have been nice actually if one of us knew nothing about wrestling to converse with them during this to really get yeah. both perspectives. But we're a bunch of nerds, so we don't have one of those. <laughs> on there. I I like it. You know, it's definitely aimed towards the casual. And I, I don't know, maybe on Twitter or something, like, can, if you are not a wrestling fan, let us know, does it work for you or not? Yeah, S1E1Pod on Twitter. But yeah, as uh, all, all these guys are having their conversation, um, Dewey chimes in from the floor where he's just sitting there drawing a picture, and he lets them know, like, his beige trunks aren't doing any favors either, uh, which uh, pops all the guys. <laughs> and uh, there's also a cutaway where The Rock's mom's sitting on the couch at one of the Wild Samoans. And it's like, oh, how's your girlfriend doing? And he's like, not so great. She stabbed me. I love lines like that when they're just super quick, like the cutaway like that, because you kind of get cut off guard, like, because it just jumps away, right? You're like, wait, what? 
Did you just say that? Yeah. Is that that's like a famous is that a famous story or Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. I'm not aware of it. And unfortunately if you look up Wild Samoan stabbed, all that comes up are like stories about like, you know, them getting stabbed <laughs> in the way to the ring by like fans and stuff. So Puerto Rico is an interesting place to wrestle back in the day. The only stabbing wrestling story I know is, you know, Bruiser Brody and um Again, what's his name? Arn Anderson and Sid in their fight with scissors. Yeah. Oh, there were tons of them. There's a lot of stabbing wrestling stories in the past. I think Roddy Piper got stabbed. Ole Anderson got stabbed like up his stomach. Like somebody stabbed him at the bottom and then just went like all the way up and he almost died like walking Jesus. to the ring. So it was Jesus. pretty brutal back then when people <laughs> actually believed in wrestling. It was wild. <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. Just don't say the F word. Yes, which will happen soon. Uh, the grandmother's talking and she says, you know, I've come a long way from when Peter, and this is miss you, Peter. And they talk about, you know, love you, high chief. And they look over this photo of high chief, Peter, my who's the rock's grandfather who now we know is past. He died that year too. Was it that year? Yeah. He died in 82 and Leah took over the promotion. They're flexing um, at the photo in respects to him. Cause it's just a photo of him uh, flexing. And uh, she's talking about how, you know, she, she thought wrestling was real when they first got together. And that's a scene Joe talked about earlier. You just see her <laughs> run into the ring and try to fight the guy that her husband or boyfriend at the time was fighting. I really liked that because I, I wonder if like back in the day, obviously people weren't as smart as they are now to another wrestling term. They weren't as smart, but not a wrestling term. Smart's a real word, Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a real word. I mean, but it, <laughs> you know what? Okay. For all you non-wrestling fans, smart is when you're aware of things. Where <laughs> <laughs> Gordo gets mad and just mutes himself the whole rest of the episode. <laughs> it's like, well, fuck you then. That's exactly what I'm going to go do. No, I was just saying that I wonder if smart to the business that people were back in the day, if people really thought that, like, when they started dating. No, a lot of times back then you wouldn't even tell until you're like with that person with that person you don't smarten up your family members it was really protected at that time there was also no internet back then i wonder if there are any stories though like that oh there are a lot of stories like that yeah i've, I've heard a lot of people old time old older wrestler guys talking about that where like their wife and kids didn't know and their kids would get like bullied at school like jimmy hart's kids would get like beaten up at school because they were like your dad's a heel he's a terrible guy and he'd have to be like oh no i don't know how do i deal with this now <laughs> Canada, baby. Oh, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Canada, baby. <laughs> I keep on I have a friend dancing. who asked him where all the records were. Because, like, you know, Jimmy Hart put out a bunch of records or whatever, and WWF released one of his in the 80s. And it's, like, really, really hard to find. And he was like, why can't we find them anywhere? And he goes, they're all in Canada, baby. <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, The Rock cuts in as they're talking about all this protecting the business and all this and living the gimmick. And he's like, I don't get why there's so many rules. It's all fake anyways. Uh, that's when, at that point, all the wrestlers stood up and they walked over to him and they beat the ever-leaving shit out of him. And it was a really awkward scene because it was just like six guys just beating the fuck out of this 10-year-old kid. He put his head in the oven. Sika's wife came over and stabbed him. <laughs> yeah, just stabbed him in the throat. It was pretty brutal for a sitcom. In reality. In reality in the show, uh, everyone kind of looks at him in silence and Andre walks up to him and he lifts him up. And, you know, Andre being as big as he is, by the time he has him at eye level, you know, the rock's feet are about level with his waist. And he says, uh, you never said the F word. Anybody want a pizza? And then uh, Andre like, sounds decidedly Middle Eastern for some yeah, reason. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm not. That? 
not a master of voices. I'm drawing a blank. Who was the wrestler that slapped the interviewer in real life in the hall? It was uh, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Jay, do it. <laughs> yeah, Jay, do uh, the Bobcat Goldthwait. Nope, not there yet. Not there yet. Are also, you still uh, practicing? Also, Vader, future Hall of Famer, <laughs> choked that that uh, interviewer yeah. out in the Middle East, and they yeah, almost true, got yeah, and, uh, put in jail. Yeah, but he goes. Uh, now give me a hug. <laughs> and he, and he, and he, he's already holding him up. It's not like he, the, the rock has no option. Yeah. Just hugs yeah, him. Wish, it was John Stossel. Yeah. John Stossel is the reporter. No. Yes, yeah. John oh, Stossel yeah. is the reporter. Oh, Dr. Yeah. D. David Schultz, Schultz is the wrestler. Yeah, David Schultz. Okay, I didn't know if we, we had discussed that. So David Schultz. I'm a little offended that we're talking about old wrestling, and you were like, no, to me, of all yeah. people. Like, come on, man. I, just, I, lo- I love that clip. He just slaps the shit out yeah. of the guy. Hey, again, now. At that time, yeah, wrestling was very protected. Even now, though, they don't like hearing like that. It's, it's, they legit get hurt. But are you talking about David Schultz, the bounty hunter? No, Dog, the bounty hunter. Or the other wrestler, David Schultz, who got murdered by uh, Steve Carell in The Office. Nobody see the Foxcatcher movie? It was like an Oscar-nominated movie. <laughs> no, Joe, I've missed a lot of Oscar movies, though. You know, I, I didn't see The Sound of Water fan either. of The Office and wrestling, and a movie came out that was a humongous worldwide hit where Steve Carell shoots a wrestler. Worldwide? Calm, calm down with that. A lot of the Oscar movies, nobody's heard of, except for these friggin' critics. That You don't hear about them, them until they get nominated. Foxcatcher no, was a big I was, movie. I was aware of the Foxcatcher one. It, yes. it was a big movie. It, it was that movie where the girl fucked the fish, and like <laughs> it was like the biggest movie in the world, and I never fucking heard of it. Was it called The Sound yeah. of Water? I've yeah. never heard of I did not know about this movie. She it's fucked the fish? fish fuckers? Is yeah. it about Troy McClure? <laughs> you hear what he does at the aquarium. It's sound, no, but it, it's it's sound of water, and it's like a pool, and there's like a this fish creature that keeps coming out. Yeah, of Yeah, she keeps like fucking like the cre- yeah, like the creature from the black. Oh, Lagoon. it's not a real creature. It's not a real fish. It's not a documentary. No, it's a fish man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know if it was like a movie fish or if it was like a fish man. Right, like it, he's like he's like a fish creature, like in human sized. Yeah, it was like. Did he have a human penis, or did he just shoot row at her? He didn't have a human penis, Gordo, but it was to scale. Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, moving along, yeah. So uh, after that little uh, hug, you get a, the point where there's a calm down from all of the boys being mad that he called it fake, and you got uh, Soul Man going, I, I didn't raise him like that. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, I'm in trouble now. So then, yeah, he, and then he walks over to his wife and says, you know, hey, there's a change of plans. I'm going to go get some drinks with the guys. Andre's thinking about investing in a tiki bar, and he wants their opinion. And she's like, you know, you promised him that, you know, we would go for ice cream. And he's like, well, you know, I'll just tell him there's a change of plans. And he's like, hey, listen, you know, I got to go out. I got some adult stuff to do, but, like, we're going to have ice cream for breakfast tomorrow. He leaves with them, and, and it's one of those, again, did he need to leave with those guys? Of course not. I don't think Soul Man Rocky Johnson's opinion of the Tiki Bar was going to be the one make or break amongst everyone of whether or not Andre buys his place, but... It's like, you know, everybody loved it, but Rocky said no, so I'm yeah. sorry. I won't be signing the lease this time. But he, he wants to hang out with the guys. That's just who he is. He's more fixated on his peers and his family. That's just the reality of who he is as a human, at least That's the way he's portrayed a in the question show. question what time it is at this point, too. She's a 10-year-old kid. Shouldn't he be home at bed and in bed? This is post the matches. Yeah, it's late. So it's real late, so I would have went with, it's getting pretty late. Maybe you should bring Dewey home and put him to bed. I'm going to get drunk with the boys. They got there for ordering food for dinner and then stayed 
a while after eating before the tiki bar, so you'd have to imagine it's at least like 9 or 10 p.m. But that wrestling, was it a weekend? Maybe it was a midday afternoon show? Yeah, it could have been. Could have been a matinee show, and then it was late by the time they got there, but that's kind of neither here nor there. When they got back to that apartment or hotel or whatever it was, it was daytime. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, but again, you're getting a good vibe for who Rocky Johnson is. And as he's leaving, you know, The Rock is telling his mom, like, how come dad never lets me do anything with him? And she's really quick to come up with, like, a solution, and she's like, can you keep a secret? I told your dad I wouldn't tell you, but the president called earlier, and he can't tell you about any of this, but, you know, it's big, and no one can know. He's like, like in Shogun Warriors? Hello? Hello? Is Rocky there? This is President Reagan. <laughs> I would love that phone call so much. Reagan, Reagan was the president in 82? Reagan was the president in 82, yeah. 80 to 88. You know, he's like, does grandma know? And it's like, no, you can't, you know, just don't tell anyone ever, anything. Just don't even mention it to him when we get ice cream, okay? And, uh, yeah, that goes to the, back to the narration, and you touched it on it earlier when the rock, modern-day rock is narrating, and he's saying, you know, you know, so even though my dad clearly had flaws when I was that little, he was still my hero. And um, it pans down, and you can see what he was drawing that whole time. And it's like a picture of the two of them, like, in the ring together. And that's what he was working on when all the guys were sitting at the table playing cards. That drawing is way too advanced for him, by the way. It's like when an adult who's an actual artist tries to draw to look like a child drew it. How do you know that, Jay? I, he could have been talented. He could have. good at everything. Yeah, I was going to say, if we, have we ever seen anything The Rock is not good at? I'm sure he was just like, yeah, just bang this out. And then he orders 90 pounds of sushi. Yeah. I drew this picture and then I ate 17 waffles. Yeah. <laughs> That's my cheat love his, day. I love his food pictures. I sometimes vicariously eat through them where he's like, cheat day, here's 47 cheese pizzas. You're like, oh my God, what an amazing day that would be. Or if he was like, cheat day, I'm going to eat this handful of Cheez-Its. Oh, fuck you, Jay. <laughs> but then, um, so yeah, so now we cut back to the interview at uh, Randall. And uh, he's telling The Rock that it sounds like his mom played a big part in him viewing his dad that, the way he did and how in her own way she was also working the gimmick. And The Rock's like, working the gimmick is just how my whole family lived and that's what eventually led me to stealing. So now the interview cuts uh, and now you have his um, The Rock's public relations manager run in and he's like, hey, I don't think you should be telling him about all this. We shouldn't be going down this road. And The Rock's like, no, I said I was going to be really real with this interview. And I'm like, is this, like, the real dirt that when he was a child he would steal things, though? Like, is that, like, this big, like, the publicist has to come in and everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you're running for, think about it, though. He's doing an interview running for president. That would, like, be something that an opponent would use and, like, beat you over the head with. There's scandals and then there's when I was a teenager, no, I no, stole I clothes, get that, you know? but, like, think about, like, what was it? George W. Bush? I smoked pot, but I didn't inhale. Or was that Obama? One of the yeah, two? but you got to remember the the whole the whole purpose of this interview and the show's thing is him proving to people that he's a normal guy and he's not too pampered by Hollywood. Not to not to jump ahead because we're not there yet. But after he talks about how he was stealing, they get into a story where he doesn't steal anything. They show him stealing immediately after he steals an entire outfit. Oh, the outfit! I was yeah. I was thinking the car that he bought was what they were talking about. I forgot about no, the No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. yeah, so we'll cut right to it. So now it it's now him in 1987. So this is also when we realize that there will be multiple eras that the show covers, and this is now a different kid playing The Rock because now we're talking five years later, and um, you see this teenage Rock in a store, and he's like, uh, he loads his backpack with a shirt, jeans, and a jacket. And on the way out, he swipes 
uh, you know, a pair of sneakers at, right after someone there asks him if he needs any help. Now, what did you guys, before we get too far into this, what did you think about the age changing and that everyone stays the same, but The Rock is a character? Did you like that? Were you surprised by it? It's fine for adults, right? Because, like, the adults in a five-year gap isn't going to look terribly different. Right. Yeah, I, I liked it. It didn't bother me. I also me. thought the, the Teenage Rock they did a really good job in casting. Yeah. This show as a whole did a great job in casting. Which yeah, I thought, we brought so up this earlier. is, like, this is 15-year-old Rock now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I was cool with it. The guy that got to play the current Rock looks exactly like him. Yeah, he does. Somebody has the football gear on. I didn't like it, only because I didn't, I don't like how it's jumping around too much i would have rather seen it be more of a linear well the way that this show because they're trying to talk about not just the rock at age 10 to try to get all these stories in like you needed a, a, a vehicle to jump around so this interview is a good way to cut back and forth because without that it would have been a really weird way to transition throughout the years um so in that regard i, I didn't have a problem with it one thing i really like about it is that we've talked about this before right we're like kind of shows for kids are usually for like the next generation above you unless you're a really little kid and this show kind of hits every single demographic you could right like a really little kid's gonna enjoy the fun superhero little kid with wrestlers a middle school kids you know elementary school kids are gonna like one age and then the people are gonna like the high school age and then adults are gonna watch it who are like oh i grew up with all this and my kids like it too like it's almost so smart to be like everybody can watch this and probably have a part of it that they're really into it's part of the rocks ever like quest to have everyone like him at all times. <laughs> so you need something for the whole family. Well, he's succeeding. Love that, man. He is succeeding, yeah. I mean, it's not that I didn't, I disliked it. It's the fact that I thought that they were going to stay with one, maybe because it's the pilot and we don't know anything about anything else. But I thought that they were going to stay with kind of one era of rock and kind of one story instead of jumping around with a bunch of mini stories. But they, they made it so they can jump around in every episode now in different yeah. eras. So it's it'll always keep you guessing. I like that. I think it's better, too, because even if you said, like, hey, we're going to do, a, like, one season where he's a kid, one season where he's a teenager, one season where he's in college and do a three-season show or whatever, it could be like the Roseanne thing. We covered Roseanne where it's, like, a person rapidly aged and they no longer were on the show, right? Like, things could change by the second season, the kid playing the... Uh, teenage version could look way too old right like you never know so at least this keeps people in sort of a limbo period yeah okay no that makes sense it's like the end of family matters when steven urkel was like an older hot guy and you're like okay i'm not believing this anymore like this guy's not gonna yell cheese i can tell he's just wearing glasses jaleel white that hottie <laughs> no what about with stefan that's what I'm saying. He was doing the Stefan Urkel thing because yeah. they had to do that because people were like, oh, this, he's not like a little kid in funny pants No, anymore. by by the end, he cloned himself as Stefan and they went back to Steve, so both characters were on. Moving on from that. that well, yeah, yeah th that show really got weird after all. But anyways, I cuts, after they show him stealing oh, the outfit, juice. they go back to the interview uh, again and it says, but honestly, who hasn't done a little bit of five-finger boost, huh? Uh, the Rock says that. And Randall replies with, right, or a little credit card fraud. And they give you, like, a <laughs> like pause. a really long pause. Like, this really <laughs> awkward pause after that. That's what I was saying earlier. I was like, that one worked really That's well. That's great. And uh, so now we get... a good deadpan delivery, to Randall Park. So you're just like, he sells it so well. So now we're introing you to this 15-year-old uh, Rock in high school. And that's when you get pushed it by Salt and Pepper playing. And you see him just walking down the hallway of his school wearing the outfit he just stole. And he sits in class next to this girl. And she just looks at him and she's like, "Are you, you must be rich. And he's like, yeah. 
what's your name? And he goes, Tomas. I just want to point out the outfit he stole, like the most 90s thing in the world. And that's cool. On the back, just Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, you must be rich. You've got a Woody Woodpecker jacket. Woody Woodpecker leather jacket. Tri-colored. It's one step above the eight ball. Right after he t- uh, he tells his girl that his name's Tomas, it flashes to him in the cafeteria talking to his buddy. And she's like, and he's like, why did you say your name was Tomas? He's like, it's way cooler than Dwayne. And he's like, look, it's a new school, new me, new name. And he also tells him that he's finally getting attention from girls like Karen in Algebra who invited him to a party. And this is when it, it's revealed he, he goes to like kind of take the jacket off, but his shirt's covered in blue ink from when he tried to rip the security tag off of it. I love the idea that they'd rather destroy the merchandise and have someone get it for free. I literally <laughs> wrote yeah. a note. The next thing written down here is, I always found the concept interesting that stores accept that once it's stolen, they can't do anything about it, so they might as well destroy it for the thief. The worst part about that is, I've worked a few jobs in my time where I was like a shipping and receiving person for clothing stores, right? Like, when I used to like work for H&M whatever, so like, you're there at 6 in the morning to unload a truck, and then you spend four hours stabbing your finger with those stupid pegs. And then later on, you're leaving for the day very tired, and then you just see like 40 of them all over the floor because somebody cut them with some sort of thing anyway, and you're like, my (laughs) finger will never stop bleeding. This is so pointless. Why are we even doing it now? I'm sure it was a time issue, but I would have loved to have seen that scene. Yeah, that would have been a funny cutaway scene. Yeah. Like that little quick like whoosh, and then you just see him like in his room trying to stab it. Yeah. I was like, too, you find out there's two different Karens. He has to differentiate between did he get hit on by big hair Karen or uh, was it fine ass Karen? <laughs> and uh, his buddy informs him that the reason girls don't usually talk to him isn't because they think he's poor, but it's because they think he's an undercover cop <laughs> like Johnny Depp <laughs> from 21 Jump Street. And he's like, no one thinks that. And he's like, everyone thinks that. And then you just cut to the <laughs> entire cafeteria staring at him. And the girl's whispering, he's looking at me. He's a cop, like Johnny Depp. <laughs> I don't know if he's a cop like Johnny Depp, which now would be like, I think he's a pirate, like Johnny Depp. He does look significantly older than a lot of the other kids. Yes. He does look older, and Jay could grow a mustache like that in high school, but I certainly couldn't. I can't grow yeah. a mustache like that now. Well, I mean, uh, if you look at old pictures of The Rock, he looked like a grown-ass man in high school. I mean, look at him, genetics, you know, coming to play at some point. But yeah, he yells at the entire cafeteria and just shouts, I'm 15! <laughs> so is that, I'm sorry, I, mu- I must have missed this in the episode. Is that still Hawaii at that point? No, they're they in Philadelphia. In the- no, okay. Philly. Uh, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, yeah, Pennsylvania. Just not Philly. I, I didn't even look at where Bethlehem was. I don't know why my brain just assumed it was Philly. Like, that's the only I guess I should have figured that out. There's a lot of white people. So. Yeah, it's not like a school full of Hawaiians. Yeah. I forgot to look it up, too, but we've, I think we talked about this in an episode before where, like, Pennsylvania is deceivingly large. It's huge, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, his friend tells him, you have a full mustache and you're bigger than my dad. You look like you work in an auto parts store. <laughs> and uh, he also tells him that you're not going to be fooling anyone about being rich if you're taking the bus to school. So you see The Rock later on now on the way home. He's taking the bus. And um, after he gets off the bus, before he walks in his house, he, like, runs into an alleyway to get changed so his mom doesn't see the clothes that he wears at school. Did anybody ever have to do that? Anybody ever wear anything? Well, no, I think it was so his mom didn't see the clothes he stole. Yeah, because he yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but Bethlehem is next to Allentown. Oh, okay. So it's in like the Lehigh Valley area there? Yeah, it's about 50 miles north of Philly. Okay. Why Why hide this shirt if it's got that big stain? You could <laughs> found it or you got it at a, at a thrift store because of the giant stain on it. it his cheap. mom would have bought it for him. No, he has a job. Yes, he does. He works for the he pizza, pizza place. Shop. Yeah, he does work. 
We didn't talk about either, though, when he shows the stain. His friend's like, you can just say you spilled blueberry wine on it. And people will think oh, you're yeah. an adult. If you show up at a party, you're like, why is your shirt blue? But like, I spilled a bunch of blueberry wine on it. You'd be like, oh, you're a fucking alcoholic and you didn't change your shirt. Get out of here. <laughs> the only other blueberry wine reference I know is when uh, Ben gets hammered off of it in Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a great episode. Mine is Steve Brule. Sweetberry wine. Uh, Joe, you asked earlier if anyone has ever had to hide any clothing from their parents. Was that something that you've had to do? I don't think any clothing. Because, I mean, like, look, we grew up in a small town. You really couldn't hide clothes and, like, anything too offensive or whatever. You were going to wear it to school. You weren't going to be able to wear it to school anyway. Although they certainly had no problem with, like, circle jerks, t-shirts and stuff. I think these teachers didn't want to say anything about it. I will say very that, like, specific example, actually. And when we were in high school, I had a circle jerks t-shirt. And our vice principal walked up to me one day and said, Jay, you can't wear that to school. And I said, why not? It's a band shirt. And he went, we both know what that means. And then there was a very uncomfortable pause between the two of us. See, no one ever said it when I was wearing one of those. Although I did get yelled at for the dead Kennedys a few times because of weird Boston bullshit. I, I got to imagine that as far as like things we weren't allowed to wear in school, for you must have been spoken to about a DX shirt at some point, right? Some of your shirts were not appropriate. <laughs> they all said, suck it. Yeah, those Attitude Era shirts. I remember somebody when we were in middle school wearing the Al Snow, what does everybody want head? What does everybody need head shirt? Was that you, Gordo? Yep, that was me. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember somebody getting yelled at for it. And again, playing dumb just to see what the teaser will say, but like, what? He carries a little head around. The teacher having to be like, please don't make me say blowjob to you right now. I don't want to lose I my also job. I remember having a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt that had like a nut. Yeah, his ball was popping out in the picture (laughs) on the shirt. (laughs) Austin shirt. (laughs) And I still wish I had that shirt and I can't find it anywhere. And do you know how many times I've searched on Google Stone Cold nut? Nope. Tell us. A lot, and I can't find the Stone Cold Nut shirt. Keep looking for Stone Cold Nuts. You'll find them one day. Well, uh, anyways, moving forward, the the Rock's back home now, and when he gets inside, he starts talking about how they need a car, because apparently Dad's away at at a wrestling convention, and he's like, Mom, you clean houses five towns over, and you're taking the bus, too. Like, we need a car. And She doesn't seem to mind taking the bus. And the Rock says that he's going to buy them a car. He has some money saved up, $103, and he needs this car to impress Karen. And his mom's like, who's Karen? Like, she doesn't know who this is, but it's very important to The Rock that Karen is impressed. And then he talks about, well, maybe if you can, like, help me sign for a credit card or lend me, what do you say, fifteen or $16,000? <laughs> and it's like, listen, it, it t- at that time, at 19, what was it, 87 now? It's like... $16,000 is still going to get you a pretty decent car. Like, what kind of car is he can looking for? you a here? great car back yeah. then. <laughs> you can get a, you can get a, like a, well, right now the world's a little different, but a few years ago, you can get a decent-ish few-year-old car for $16,000. In 1987, $103 was worth $252.79. Which is still not really going to get you much of a car. Well, it gets him what it gets him. Yes. And uh, so now you could say this is about drive. This is about power. All right. So, uh, yeah. Waka waka. <laughs> so now um, <laughs> I want to say it was a funny you. you causing but, yourself a snort over that terrible joke. It wasn't even the first time he told the joke. No, that's, it's a third that's, time. Yeah. You're laughing at your third leavings on this one. <laughs> what can I say? I cracked myself up. Well, at least someone thinks you're funny. And 
we uh, now we get the Rock and his friend again, but they're both <laughs> at work, Cordo. which is yeah, it was the pizza place that he works at, and uh, he's telling his buddies, you know, I've been checking all the ads, but I can't find anything that you know I, I can get with one hundred and three dollars. And this is when there's just some like disheveled guy who's sitting in the pizza place, and he chimes and he's like, I have a car for sale. So now they cut outside, and he sells him this car for one hundred and three that he had. Uh, it was what an old Thunderbird, uh, but. To describe the car, anyone want to get into what this car looks like? It's basically all rusted and put together with Bondo, I would say. So take the yeah. song by Adam Sandler, piece of shit car, and then that's, yeah. that's the car. <laughs> yeah. What is Bondo? It's like the material you use to like fix the holes, and you like buff it in. It's basically like, you know, Gordon, you know how when you like, uh, you patch a hole in a wall? Yeah. It's like the automotive version of that. Oh, okay. So if you see cars sometimes and they have like a piece that looks like it's sort of filled in with something and then there's all like the buff lines around it from like... That's, that's why if that you're ever buying a used car, you bring a magnet with you <clears throat> because a magnet will not stick to Bondo. So you tap it around the car, it won't stick to a certain spot. You know, that's filled with Bondo. Ooh. I'll say this, that car was just, it was one paint job away from not being so bad. Yeah, yeah, I mean... So Say, that car now, especially right now, you're looking at it as like a 40 year old Thunderbird. Like that's a car that's worth a lot of money. Well, listen, even f- to take that, what kind of car it is, it, a car in that condition, Gordy did the inflation rate and said it's about 250 bucks now. If someone sold me a functioning car for 250 bucks, I'd be like, oh, well, might as well throw it in the garage for, for that amount of money. That, that's another thing. I, I'm shocked the car worked. I thought the guy was just kind of hustling them. Right. Yeah. Money. I thought that's going to be what it was going to be, that it was a complete lemon. You think you'd be like, okay, we'll take a test drive or something. Because all the, like, well, then again, do, would you really mess with even 16 year old The Rock or whatever? Because again, he is six foot tall and massive. Like, he would have beat the homeless guy up pretty good. And then he couldn't go to the pizza place anymore. It's true. <laughs> uh, so you see the two driving down the street now in The Rock's new car, and he's talking about what a smooth ride it is, which you can clearly see it is not a very smooth ride. And his friend's trying to get the radio to work, but apparently only one <laughs> station's going to come on. So he's like, well, who cares? Blast it. And it's opera music. I love that. Cruising like that's what we did as teenagers too, right? Oh, just cruising, playing some uh some sad clown. There was a little there's a little uh quick scene too where they, they stop at a crosswalk and they look over at a couple of girls and he's like looking at him like, Hey, like, cause he, he thinks it's impressive that he's driving this car. And I just liked his line. I don't know if you guys picked up on it because it was subtle, but he's looking at the girls. He's like, what are those chips? Like she's just eating a bag of chips and that's, that's his pickup line. <laughs> when I write down I all the like that. lines that like things I might say in the beginning of the show, one of the ones I wrote down for this one is, what are those chips? Because <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And then it was like, nobody else picked up on that. Funny yeah, line. it was, it was very subtle. <laughs> and they, uh, so they keep driving and they're talking about how they're going to need to find some booze for tonight. And as they're talking, you see someone rise up from the back seat. And it's the Undertaker. Undertaker. (laughs) You both went to that. High five, Ferg. Yeah, he he leans forward. He's like, where are we heading? And so they immediately pull over and you see them jump out of the car. And like, who the hell are you? And he's like, I'm Waffle. Where's Billy? (laughs) I love Waffle. And he's like, Billy Billy sold my boy the car. And uh, he's like, Billy's always selling things Waffle's in. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wildest (laughs) one. But where is the Waffle and Billy prequel show that's about right? them getting up to right? adventures in Pennsylvania in the 80s? I want that show. Rock, are you listening? Uh, <laughs> Young Bucks Media or whatever it is. Two Bucks Media. Seven. Seven dollar production. Seven Bucks Media. That's the right one. I hate that I mentioned the Young Bucks. Gross. Uh, <laughs> go make that show, Rock. Young Bucks are the worst. I love the Young Bucks. Anyways, moving, moving forward. Worst. At worst. this point. Stop it. Be adults. Brought worst. <laughs> and uh, at this point, <laughs> it's... I'm like, okay, we are 14 episodes into this episode, and they've already jumped the shark. 
What are you talking about? Don't you dare besmirch Waffle. 14 episodes? We're 14 what? minutes into episode oh. one, and they have jumped the shark because you Waffle, the homeless man, enters the picture. No. I think that you haven't jumped the shark totally until Waffle's entire story arc plays out the way it does in this episode, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, wh- what just happened? You guys don't think that the introduction of Waffle as a character was a little, for a show that I guess I walked in thinking, obviously it's going to be a comedy and they're going to, it's not going to be completely factual. But at this point, I I was like, this is not what kind of show I thought I was going to be watching. You're right. Obviously his real name was Pancake. I thought Waffle was sweet. He didn't butter you up. (laughs) All right. Make the jokes piss quick. (laughs) But no, I mean, was I really the only person who kind of got that vibe when he came into the picture? At that point, I was in sitcom mode, so no. Looking at it the way you're looking at it, I get that. But I had watched oh, half the show by then, so I was you know, completely in. I'm, I'm watching a TV show more right. than I'm watching a rock uh, biography. So it wasn't too much for me. It wasn't too much, but I'm with you that you're like, what just happened? How do you know that The Rock didn't know Waffles? Uh, you know what? We should have done a little research if Waffle is a real character. I think I just assumed no, but you know, it's possible. This is where he also came up with the waffle stump. He named it after him. Uh. Moving forward. So uh, <laughs> so now the guys are trying to kick Waffle out of the car, but he proposes to him. He's like, hey, you know, I need to get to that area anyways, and I heard you guys needed beer for the party. Fair logic. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense at this point, you know. <laughs> I'm sure us us at age 15 would probably would have made a similar decision at that point. I feel like we were in a lot of those situations and then ended up with the waffle being like, only if I can see your friend's feet. Right. <laughs> According to this, waffle's a true, an actual person. It says, um, all the stories told on Young Rock are based on true events. The showrunner says that the tragic tale of waffle was in fact the, <laughs> the uh, end of the episode. Yeah. He said, uh, I was 15 years old living in Nashville. He gave the guy 40 bucks for it. There was a crackhead in the back seat, but the guy who sold him the car didn't give him the gas door key, so he couldn't put gas in it. He just left it somewhere. <laughs> All right. So there's some wow. truth to that. Only they were in Nashville at the time. So there are. So I guess no sharks would jump, Jay. I guess yeah, so. Jay. I guess so. Put the shark back in. Yeah. Why don't you put your hand like a shark's fin? <laughs> my hat is like, like the rest a shark, of shark boy. Deepest. Deepest. My hat is like a shark fin. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, so now we get to the party and then the friends, the, the friend walks off to go inside and Waffle's like, you didn't even say goodbye. And, uh, the rock goes to open the trunk, revealing another homeless man named Hoodie inside of it. And he just kind of like, he grunts <laughs> and hoodie? walks off. Like the sweatshirt or Hoodie, like the blowfish? I got Hoodie by hoodie. looking hoodie. it up, told me Hoodie. was his oh, Okay. I heard it as yeah. Hoodie. Yeah. Well, it wasn't very clear. <laughs> but so the rock had to open the trunk because that's where his backpack was did he not know there was a man in the trunk when he yeah, put his backpack in, in there? the trunk yeah was he getting his back i thought he was getting uh what's uh waffles oh, that may have been waffles backpack no no he got his because that's when he pulled the shirt out of it oh good call unless he got in after he put the bag in somehow but, yeah. or waffle put the bag for him it's like i'll put the beer in your backpack in the trunk i guess we needed one more scene for this to, to really come into play but this is why again we need the story of the three of these dudes hanging out before this i want a movie an episode where they meet Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> Waffle sees uh, Rock pulling the ink-covered shirt out of the bag, and he recognizes that, obviously, this is a product of a five-finger discount, and he says he reminds him of himself. He's like, no offense, Waffle, but you and me are not the same. And Waffle was like, I was once a poor kid trying to impress people that don't matter. He's like, no, you, trust me, this girl matters. And Waffle says, 
I promise you, in 10 years, she won't. The only thing that really matters is your family, your integrity, and freezing your eggs if you're a lady. Which, is, again, is like a good what? good advice. <laughs> yeah. Line. He's like, that's real bleak, Waffle. And Waffle's like, it's not bleak. It's about priorities. If I could do it all over again, I would have cared more about the people who, you know, cared about me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this scene? Waffle was sent by his fa- his grandfather in heaven to look over him. He's a goddamn angel. Oh, Gave him great life advice. I want that TV show now even more. <laughs> was it, what was that TV show we were kids with Michael Landon, Highway to Heaven? Touched by an angel? The, no. Those teenage, there was, um, what was the show where the kid ate a cheeseburger and died? Teen Angel. <laughs> okay, so there's Teen Angel, Touched by an Angel, and Highway to Heaven, which were all three shows about people doing Angel, that. Angels were all the rage in the 90s. Yeah. Also in the outfield. <laughs> well, you know, his grandfather was a high chief. That's true. That is yeah. true. He was just stoned all the time, though. That's why they called him that. <laughs> it's like, gimmick. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a weed. It's a weed reference. <laughs> he used to be sober chief, Peter Maivia, and then things took a turn. <laughs> but um, I just thought that it was very weird for uh, the voice of reason to be Waffle the Homeless Man. It was a very serious, out-of-nowhere conversation. But um, it inspired The Rock because now it cuts to him at the bus station where he's now going to pick up his mom. So after talking to Waffle about priorities, he's like, you know what? I'm going to have to... I'm going to go get my mom instead of attending this party with Karen, which I guess means he left his buddy at the party, right? <laughs> his buddy walked in and then he just decides to leave. Yeah, they say it's on like the west side of town and you have to drive there. And it's far enough away that Waffle doesn't want to go there. Like he will buy them beer to get a ride because it's far enough away. But the rock still just abandons his friend there. That or his friend abandoned him with Waffle. You know? He went right in the pot. He didn't know this guy that well. That's, that's a good point. So the Rock leaves the party, picks up his mom, because uh, he knew she'd be at the bus station. And by the way, he picks her up with Waffle, who's still in the car, who I thought needed a ride to get there. Like he needed to get to the west side of town. Why did he take the ride back with uh, the Rock to pick up the mom? Who introduced himself as "Hi, Mama, I'm Waffle." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that the mom doesn't react like be around people like this. She like, is. Um, like- she grew up in a world of wrestling. I don't think there's anything that could like spook or shock her at this point. I don't know, man. You shouldn't be hanging out with a random homeless guy. Yeah. <laughs> what if he smelled like a spooky dookie? What? What if he smelled like a spooky dookie? <laughs> In my head, Gordo has all of these written down. <laughs> I don't. And then he rates There's them. There's like a whiteboard in front of the camera we can't see where he's like, ah, No, I don't. No, no, reference. mine's blank. My whiteboard's blank. This is where I will enough. inject my spooky dookie joke. <laughs> Which is funny because Jay has made the spooky dookie joke before. Um, I've talked about kabuki dookies. Sergeant Kabuki Dookie Man, NYPD. <laughs> so The Rock explains to his mom that this is like their car now and that he's, you know, sorry for earlier. And there's going to be a lot of things that, like, I'm going to contribute with moving forward and I want to help out more. But I promise you one thing. One day I'm going to get you a Cadillac. And she's like, a red one? You know that's my favorite color is red. And which they went to way in the beginning with, uh, you know, when they were talking about the car, when his father talked about getting an upgrade. And he's like, all the colors. Look, one for every day of the week. You know, seven different uh, color cars. And she's like, or seven red ones. And then you just get waffle like, <laughs> seven red ones. I just want to point out that he did keep that promise. I remember that was a big deal. He bought her a Cadillac for her birthday. Uh, I want to say in the last like 10 years. Yeah, they touch on it in the episode. And it was not red. Well, later on, well, they get into it though, like later in the actual episode, they talk about this. 
seven different cars. Like, how often would you be like, I'm taking Wednesday's car, and then you're in traffic, and you're like, I can't see. I left my sunglasses in Tuesday's car. Yeah. Like, it seems so impractical. Shit, my parking pass is in Friday. Right, yeah. Mo money, mo problems. I mean, I'd love to have those problems, but. Right. And so he drops his mom off, and the Rock and Waffle talk in the car for a minute, and he says, hey, man, I really appreciate the advice you gave me. And Waffle's like, no problem, kid. I can tell you how much you and your mom love each other. And now you're going to give her all those things one day. He's like, I hope so. And Waffle's like, no, 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 you will. As long as you keep doing one thing, all you need to do is. <laughs> and Waffle dies right in the car. <laughs> you're going to quick cut to the rock on the payphone. He goes, yeah, there's a dead guy named Waffle and a random Thunderbird that's officially owned by nobody. Yeah, my name is Mayor <laughs> McCheese. <laughs> I do love Mary McCheese. I feel like that's my favorite of all of the uh, McDonald's characters, and it gets referenced the least. Yes, and the officer, the officer of cheeseburger or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, with the big, big purple They're like big cousins. Helmet. You know why those aren't around anymore? Why? Why? Because they got sued by Sid and Marty Croft because yeah. they oh, copied wow. everything too much, and there was a long, ongoing lawsuit, and they had to basically get rid of all of uh, McDonald land, aside from a couple characters. That was in uh, McMillionaire, right? Did you watch... Was that in McMillionaire? I, I saw it on some YouTube show. I don't think it was McMillionaire because yeah. I watched that. I've never heard no. it before. I was going to say, Mayor McCheese, they just authorized like a Funko Pop. They probably have altered the characters over the... Like, if the way they were portrayed then was exactly like the Sid and Marty Croft characters, but... Yeah, the whole McDonald land was exactly... It was like an exact copy. It was like H.R. Puffin stuff. It was... Yeah, it was exactly like that stuff. So. Oh, was that who Sid and Marty Croft is? Yeah, yeah. H.R. Yeah. Puffin stuff and... um. I can't remember, um, Lidsville, there was There's a few a of those shows. Of yeah. Is that the one with the stupid, uh, like the banana split? No, that would be the banana splits. Like, is it the same people? Banana though? splits, I think, were, um... Like the creepy, uh, like, monkey and, like, the, the stuff, is that what I'm thinking of? banana, two banana, three banana, yeah. four. Yeah! <laughs> la, 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 la. Yep. But that's, I don't think that was them, I think that was, uh, well, I can't think of the company. By the way... Uh, they recently put out a movie about the banana splits, but they're all serial killers. And this was like a f official like release. This was like animatronic. It's a, a fantastic movie. I I read you about watch that. It. Okay, uh, is it okay, on Netflix? It's wicked good. Um, I think it might be on Prime Video. I forget where I watched it. I'll look it up. Worth a watch. I want to go back a second because I feel like none of you really reacted to the fact that Waffle just died in the car. One thing I wanted to say to that is I wonder if you have to do the death rattle. Like, when they're doing auditions, right? Like, uh, we're seeing 17 waffles today. They're like, okay, now say this nice heartwarming thing. All right, now do the death rattle. Like, did, and did they lose actors? Because this guy was great in this, but not a very convincing death. Well, they got to play it funny, right? But apparently it doesn't matter. That answers your question. It doesn't Bro. matter! <laughs> but it sure affected Randall Park. <laughs> Randall Park did seem a little upset by it. I'm sure the millions and millions of people that were watching the interview were also upset by it. One thing I was uh, I want to say before we move forward with uh, the Randall Park stuff. Did you guys think that the one thing reference before he died was a like a wink to City Slickers? Oh, I didn't even think yeah. of that. That was the Curly stuff. Curly always talked about that one thing, and then he died. Until he came back as his twin brother in the second movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who had the rest of the map. I know I've seen City Slickers, but I have not seen it since we were kids i'm just gonna say it's city slickers 2 better than city slickers 1 it is john lovitz it is yes john lovitz is amazing in that but they do both still hold up they do great movies isn't the first scene of city slickers 2 billy crystal running down the street with the bull and they're jogging like in his neighborhood that was the second the first that's yeah, the second and, one and john yeah. lovitz milks yeah. it and he goes yeah. his name is norm <laughs> <laughs> 
Anything with John Lovitz is amazing. Jealous. But, but, um, I'm a big horny bird. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and I'm making uh, all the benefits. <laughs> buy my stinks. book. Uh, can we just do John Lovitz hour next week? <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, we get back to the interview and yeah, Randall Park's like, gosh, I wasn't expecting to care about waffles so much. Rock's like, I know, right? Every time I pass a Waffle House, I always kiss my fingers and point to the sky. That's for you, Waffle. Has anybody ever been to a Waffle House before? Never yes. been. Girl, uh, I imagine you've I've, been because you've lived in Florida. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not bad. Uh, we also went to one last time we were at Florida. I think I've told this story on this podcast, but when I stayed at a hotel in Arkansas, there was a Waffle House across the street. And when I was checking in, the guy was like, oh, and there's a Waffle House across the street 24 hours, but don't go there after nine. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, just don't go there after nine. I was like, okay. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> I that really kind of it. like <laughs> flavor to give you for that yeah. stuff. It's crazy. If you ever drive through, and Nick, I'm sure you've probably done a little bit of this for your work, but when you're driving through the South and you're going like state to state, they're just everywhere. You see the giant yellow signs yeah. everywhere. Yep. Are there any in our state or no? no? No. There's not even any, like, I think the closest one is probably like one of the Carolinas. It's maybe Ma- Maryland like or Virginia might have one. It's something I always want to do when we're on vacation, but then there's always something better in the area, and we're like, let's eat there. It's We've not really a vacation place to eat. It's like a oh, traveling for work kind of place to eat. No, 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 no. Like, and Jay and Ferg are also, you guys are going to Texas soon. You we'll be in to, Dallas in a week. You have but... to bring me back some spicy ketchup from Whataburger. Well, I was going to say, like, Whataburger is just fast food, but if I'm in Texas, I have to go to Whataburger. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's eating on vacation. It's eating somewhere that you don't have in your state. Right. So you got to try it because you've heard of it. So I guess if we happen, maybe if we go buy a Waffle House while we're in that area, if we happen to catch one, maybe I'll go in and get something small. I don't want to, like, because when you're on, that's a trick with vacation. Maybe a waffle. Like, I want to have, I want to be able to enjoy, like, good food, you know, and try good restaurants and stuff while you're out Wait, there. What so part of Texas are you guys food. going to again? We'll be in Dallas, Dallas, which is, like, the least fun part of Texas. I don't know. Texas is the size of a country. I'm sure there's a lot less fun parts than a metropolitan area like Dallas. No offense to all of our Dallas listeners. No, I'm but sure like, you guys have a great you know, time. when you hear about like all this like fun, like weird stuff, like Austin has all this, like all these quirks about it. Like Dallas is pretty. I've been in Dallas a couple times now. It's I've been twice. I had fun. Both. I had fun both times. Austin and San Antonio is pretty San Antonio cool. was a good time. I don't imagine San Antonio is fun outside the Riverwalk, but there are three Waffle Houses in the Dallas area. So you Okay, have- so maybe maybe we'll cross paths with one. Just go get some bacon or something. I say you had it. Maybe if you see Jay, he can sign your hat for you. Yeah, or your I'll chest. Sign, I'll sign, I'll your, sign chest. your boobs. Yeah, I'll sign your chest. If we if we end up at a Waffle House, I'll do this. I will make sure that it, we'll at least put something in our story on our Instagram. Uh, hey, so my at, name's Hank. Will you so, sign my boobs? Yeah, so S1E1Pod on Instagram. If, if if me and Ferg find our way at a Waffle House, we'll, we'll put something at least in the story for you to see. Well, you guys will be too busy hanging out uh, with your tents at the site of what used to be the Sportatorium, right? Yes. that's. I mean, that's the bulk of our trip. I'm going to bring you home another rock from the Sportatorium. You can put it on eBay. You're going to sell it. But uh, I want to sell it. I want. Uh, if you bring me back one, is there more of a chance it's real than the one I? No, I mean, you got to sell it to Joe. <laughs> I bid on eBay and bid against myself. But anyways, uh, we get back to this interview, and Randall's saying you kept that promise you made to your mom. I believe we have a picture of the car you gave her. So, and it shows actual pictures of the rock with his real mom. And you see that, you know, he gave her a red Cadillac. So, Frog, did you not remember seeing that part of the episode? Because you were talking about other times he got her cards. No, yeah, I, I didn't remember that part. Yeah, they, they cut and show a couple pictures. But I had, um, yeah, I have the articles pulled up. I saw a, a black one and a white one. And yeah. I saw a red picture. Well, he says, Mama Rock, she loves her red Cadillacs. Maybe he bought her one for each day of the week, like he said. <laughs> he bought her the red one, and she's like, you know, I like other colors, too, now. 
<laughs> and then another little weird Randall Park joke where he says, I need to call my mom. The last time I talked to her was 30 years ago. This is a great deadpan rock line, too, where he's like, oh, wow. And it just doesn't sell it at all. And then uh, the interview carries on for a little bit longer, talking about how The Rock never stopped working the gimmick, and he just found a way to make the gimmick work for him, which took him to college where he was recruited to play football for the University of Miami. As he continues to talk, you're seeing some actual clips of, like, hurricane football where they're showing, like, various big-name coaches and players that played there, like, at that time, the early 90s. Uh, that transitions to now the third version of The Rock, which is 1990 in Miami Rock, and he's heading into, like, the team gym. Thoughts on rock number three? I think all three rocks are pretty spot on. Yeah, this rock looks like, again, they, they did great casting on this. It is a good one. And, uh, but I also felt like this was the one I was the least, not because of the rock's life, but I feel like I was weirdly into him as a kid surrounded by superhero wrestlers and him as a high schooler kid. Found I found that both more interesting than like, oh, and he's going to play football in Miami now. Maybe it's just because I don't love football or Yeah, anything, it could be but... a little bit just, yeah, your own personal interest, but. He didn't I'll have s- a fanny I'll say pack. this. They got three different actors to play the each generation, but I never felt like it was a different person. So they did a good job writing for each one that it still felt like The Rock, like it was the same character slash real life person. But you, you know what I mean? I know we'd be jumping a little bit ahead in the episode by saying this now, but now that we've been introduced to all three rocks or three eras, I don't want to really say actor specific because it's not about who's playing The Rock. But when we're talking about 10-year-old rock, 15-year-old rock, and, like, 18-year-old rock, just looking at the different eras, what, like, what era of this show do you find more interesting? High school. I would say the youngest version, get We didn't get a ton into it, but I feel like his college years would be the most interesting. See, it's funny, because, like, and for me, it's, like, the youngest part. Because, like I said, like, it's it's that superhero-y, seeing all the other wrestlers is, like, fun for me. So, like, yeah, I think that's where I, I'm I like interested. the high school one because I imagine, like, the misadventures of The Rock, and it's like so many other sitcoms, you know. Gordo, I, also looked, I looked ahead just to see, but not ahead on purpose, but, like, when I was looking at the casting, because I was, like, doing some research on the show, and they announced a bunch of other wrestlers that are showing up in different episodes, and I would assume that a bunch of them are the young version of The Rock, too, which I think is pretty fun. But then again, I don't know, like, 1987 The Rock could see a lot of fun wrestlers, too, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. Gordo, you got a preference? Uh, not really. I mean, the youngest rock would probably be the most interesting because that's more of his formative years around wrestling and how he kind of translates that to being the the rock, essentially. What it was for me is I felt the youngest rock part of the show wasn't about the rock. It was about his family. And the teenage ones were about the rock. It featured the rock. Yeah, it was more more of what you saw the people around him. Well, it looks like after age 10, his father's not very present. So, you know, if you want more of his family situation, it would have to be when he was 10. I would say Teenage Rock, though, seems more like a show that we would have watched as kids. Like, that seems much more like a Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, like all those shows. Wonder Years. Wonder Years, yeah. Uh, But you know what? Look, it's just amongst the five of us, all three of them, like all three eras struck us differently. Like, you know. So for, for Nick to like the college and you to like the teenage, like that's, that's good that like we all prefer different spots because it shows that they didn't, they didn't fail in deciding to go this route because it we could, all it could gravitated have been to different for me scenes. that I think the teenagers got the most focus too. Like it, most time was spent on the teenagers. Well, it was so in the heart of the episode. Affected, maybe you that know. affected me more. I don't know. I'd have to see more of the show to really comment on which I like, but just based on the pilot right it was now, waffles. I like that the most. Yeah, yeah. Waffle really sold it for me. He gets into the, the gym area and he's first greeted by his coach 
who sounded a lot like uh, Mick from Rocky, <laughs> Coach uh, Orgeron. I, I don't know. Um, I know he's a real coach, but I don't know how he sounds in real life because he sounded very cartoony when he was talking. Yeah, I got I got Farmer Friend from The Water. A little, boy. yeah, a little bit yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cajun to me. Yeah, who's just a Almost little where you make it a little more <laughs> coherent. But yes, they get into a weird conversation about how the coach likes to chew his coffee. Which, if you're paying attention, if you see, like, in the background, I love when The Rock's making a phone call a little later. He's calling from the coach's office, and on his desk, there's, like, no beverages or anything. There's just a giant jug of Folgers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. even pick up on that. I that's a good that call. was like, that's a really good touch. Do we know if the coach of the University of Miami ate coffee? Like, maybe th- that seems so I'm oddly I'm assuming it's specific. real, because it's so specific otherwise. And this is a real guy. The Rock was his real Probably is. Coach. Or at least a rumor that he kind of spun off into reality. And um, so now The Rock meets a couple of the other players on the team, and they all introduce themselves. That's when The Rock introduces himself as Dwayne Johnson, Beast of Bethlehem, also known as Hitzilla, Edward Blitzerhands, and the chairman of Go- Golden Sachs. Um, the chairman of Goldman Sachs. Yeah, is Goldman Sachs. Um, I did. I think um, <laughs> Edward Blitzerhands is very funny. I don't know how often he was actually called that, but th- that was the one I thought was funniest. Now, if you guys had a football nickname, what would your nickname be? You ask these questions, but these are like too <laughs> much of questions. You need a minute to think no, about. I like the on the <laughs> spot yeah. though. Uh, paralyzed. <laughs> Bench warmer. <laughs> I would get obliterated. I mean, obviously, I would be the icon. Water boy. I was gonna say I would be. The I know Jay boy. balked at the question like he hadn't actually thought about this before. And then he goes, oh, "I'm gonna be the icon." <laughs> like Jay doesn't dream about this all the time. Well, no, I'm saying actual things I've called myself. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. He's the worst. Yeah, I call myself the Gordonator, like the Baconator, but for Gordos. For all the yeah, for yeah, all yeah, the Gordos out it. there. I mean, there's a lot of Gordons in the world. Do it, Gordon. Do it, True. Gordon. As he's introducing him, uh, himself to the other guys, they're like, oh, yeah, we know about you. Your dad was just in here talking about you earlier. And he's like, my dad was here? And they're like, yeah, he was just here. He's telling us about how you're going to be on a Wheaties box, which uh, was made very clear by his reaction that was not a true statement. But um, despite that, he was pretty good on his toes. He's like, oh, well, you know, that's for Wheaties Asia. So it's not coming out in the States. And uh, his teammates like, oh, even better. I've got some family out in Singapore. Maybe they can uh, they can peep it. He's like, oh no. See, the thing is that South Asia, and this is coming out in North Asia. And Good for the Rock though for knowing his geography so well. He doesn't. Well, though. When he doesn't. North well, Asia that, is they, Russia. They're geography yeah. majors, which yeah, that, funny that's joke. the problem. Is because yeah, his teammate was like, you're lying to the wrong history buffs. I have a question though. Um, so when they said they met the dad and he signed the dude's elbow pad, was that a reference? To the rocks throwing the elbow pad. Um, I didn't think of that, but that's the. It could be. That, yeah. It could be subtle. It could have been well, subtle. people's elbow. Which he signs it as it. put some soul on it, which I think yeah. is pretty awesome. Did anyone else notice when they're in the gym like that some of the guys were wearing Zubas? I thought that was a perfect uh, callback. Yep. Yep. This is what, 91? Two sort of like right in the Zuba it's, it's, time Yeah, frame. it's Zuba's time. Yeah. But enough time that those are going to come back because that's just how the world works. They, they are. They're, you can buy them now. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I almost bought some on Amazon not that long ago and I had to like stop myself. Yeah, you can buy them like on the Zuba's website like present day just picturing joe wearing zubas walking to starbucks in maine <laughs> uh really cracks me up i have an old pair of them somewhere like og zubas that were like uh but i don't um i don't believe i fit in them these days but you know m- maybe one day it's a motivation for you getting one, those zubas one day i'll wear those zubas again <laughs> get your pellets and um 
So now the Rock is in the he's on the phone with his dad, and yeah, he's in the coach's office doing this. He's like, Dad, you were here this morning. He's like, Yeah, I drove all the way from Tampa just to be there when the gym opened. I, I got to go out of my way to set you up for success. He's like, You didn't even come to see me. He's like that would have spoiled the surprise. Like what surprise? I put you over with the guys, and that's another um kind of wrestling term, right? Like to put someone over. Like I, I was wondering if people would catch that, but yeah, to, to clue anyone in, putting you over is to talk talk them up. Like get you getting them. Uh, why am I losing my own words right here? Yeah, I was gonna say, where are you going save me this? here. Yeah, someone to save so build me. Somebody Putting up. someone over. Yeah, build build them up. You just make them look good. Yeah. So th- this whole part, by the way, it gave me serious the wrestler vibes, the movie, because he's on the phone with them, faking it, but he's at his part time, his his actual job now because he's a washed up wrestler at this point. You want some cheese, he's lady? Load, he's loading <laughs> trucks. So I, I just, all I could think of was actually that was him working at his sad, sad um, friggin' uh, grocery store job. Yeah, Randy the Ram. Later on, we see uh, Rocky Soul Man Johnson take Marissa Tomei in the back of his beer truck. <laughs> but yeah, his, uh, his dad just keeps telling him, you know, you got to just work the gimmick. Um, he says there is no gimmick because I'm not going to be on a Wheaties box. It's like, but they don't know that. And he hangs up on him and. So yeah, so now The Rock's boss, um, not The Rock, I'm sorry, um, Rocky Johnson's boss is standing there because he's on the phone and we reveal that he's at work and it's some like, I don't know, some shipment, was he a delivery driver? Looks like a beer delivery truck, there are kegs yeah. everywhere. What's well, in beer and food on the truck? Maybe he's delivering beer and food to Randy the Ram. <laughs> <laughs> Randy the Ram can't afford food delivery. Not a truck's worth. I mean at his grocery store. Oh, oh yes, okay. perhaps. Uh, funny enough, uh, in, in the movie The Wrestler, Randy the Ram worked for Acme, which was owned by the same parent company that owned my, the supermarket I worked for at the same time. Wildy Coyote was their best customer. So all of the, um, <laughs> waka waka, all like the posters that were in the break room and stuff, like in the back room were like the same exact ones that were in my actual break room because it was like the same, um, <laughs> campaign that they used amongst all the store chains. Were all the trucks having a problem though? Cause they'd crash into the building cause somebody would draw a fake tunnel on the side of it and <laughs> yeah. the truck drivers couldn't figure out how to get through. Mimi. <laughs> When Rocky Johnson is standing there, his boss is like, hey, you know, I got to get you back. He's like, sorry, I'm on the phone with my son, even though the conversation's over, which was weird because I don't know why he had to pretend he was still on the phone for 10 more seconds. I don't know what that really accomplished, but he's like, oh, love you too, son. Oh, no, I'm not the best. God's the best. <laughs> which uh, Really weird line. <laughs> yeah. Seemed to appease the boss, though. I guess he, he's just knowing his audience. Yeah, maybe he has like a really religious boss or something. That was my assumption. He kind of looked like a pastor. Like he had the button down white shirt. I don't know if that was just his work shirt, but I got pastor vibes yeah. from him. It was just kind of like, uh, it says a lot, like you find out now this is kind of where the dad's at in life. So it's funny that he, he has his son kind of do all the things he think is the way to succeed. When you see that outside of like his success, like moderate success within the wrestling world, he's not that successful in life, but is still pushing the same lifestyle on his son, right? Gotta like, gotta live the gimmick, gotta do all this, work the gimmick. But, um, I mean, did it really work for him? Like maybe you would think to have your son move in a different direction. Well, I guess if the key to having kids is to try to give them the knowledge and stuff so they have a better life than you did. I mean, and, and people talk about you going into your family business or whatever. I mean, like that all happened for The Rock, right? The Rock is 8 billion times more successful than his dad ever even could have been. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Somehow it did something. You know what I mean? It, it worked, but not for the reasons it was supposed to. Like, his dad was not the example of success. So, for his father to be like, to still preach all these things that didn't work for him that he dedicated his life doing you. It's just weird that he's still like pushing that on his son at like 18, 19 when he's in college now. 
yeah, so now we show The Rock still in the office, um, and he looks through the window after the phone call, and he sees some of his teammates who are kind of clearly talking about him now. And this is when he decides he has to kind of prove himself to the guys his own way. This is me cue, cue Crazy Train. Right. So Crazy Train starts playing. Everybody. I, I, I. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah, so he walks over to the bench press, and he just starts, uh, he's just going at it. And everyone starts taking notice and walking over, and they start counting along. Because we can see that there's a board that has, like, the team record for the most reps. 35 was the standing record. That's how many reps of 225 in a row you can do in one set. So as he gets higher into the late 20s, early 30s, everybody's counting along with him, the whole team. And he eventually puts up that 36th rep and sets the bar down. 36 more than I could do. Well, I was going to say, it, uh, many, many moons ago, when I... And now, keep in mind, this is how many reps at 225 you can do. The Rock at that age could probably put more plates on and bench 400-something pounds, no problem. But this is the more reps you do in one set, it gets harder and harder. So you're not trying to see how many times you can do it once. At my best strength, and when I was 19-ish, when we were going to the gym consistently, I was able to do three sets of 10 at 225, which is two full plates on each side. So the idea of being able to do 36 straight Without a pause in between, like, it was hard enough to do 10, stop, do 10, stop, do 10. So, um, it, it's quite a feat. And th- that's 225, I think, is also the, when they do the NFL combine and they're doing the bench press, I think 225 is a set weight that they, they go by when they count how many reps you do. Do you guys hear how strong Jay is? <laughs> was. <laughs> was. Jay, I used to bench more than that. I used to do three sets of, 260 oh all well congratulations at 19 uh well let it be known this is what jay could bench at age 19 even then he was getting ready for nia Jax. yeah <laughs> uh gordo not jay no jay wants that hole hey the but, niece of the rock so when the rock finishes his bench press one of uh one of the other guys like damn your dad wasn't lying and he gets up and he goes you better eat your wheaties asia that was the most ro- the rock line, like not just Dwayne Johnson. That was the most the rock thing that was said in this episode. A good couple seconds, they better eat Asia. Like it was a perfectly timed yeah. pause too. And we get back to the interview, and he said, "That's when I found my version of working the gimmick. You know, be me, but with the dial turned up to eleven. Uh, you know, every time I flashed the people's eyebrow, that's who I was. And when I threw Ludacris off a bridge in Jumanji Five, or when I played Gene Simmons in that Kiss biopic." If anything uh, ever actually comes to life from this that is a joke, it is a Kiss biopic where he plays Gene Simmons. Make this happen yeah. right now. I wanted to see that. Also, Yeah, because remember, this interview is taking place in 2032, so there's plenty of time for uh, Jumanji 5 to come out. Would they call that movie Rock and Roll All Night? Yes. Stop. We just need to do a <laughs> Kickstarter. Maybe we should just do a Kickstarter. Detroit we'll make- the Rock City? It- no, but we'll make a Kickstarter. The Rock with Sean Connery. <laughs> what? You're going to dig him up? Gene Simmons, welcome to The Rock. Ah, yeah! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're starting to jump the shark. There's like literally 30 seconds left of this TV yeah. show. You know just, just shut it down. Power through, Jay. Get to the end. <laughs> yeah, just just shut it down. No, Jay, for Gordo, you're going to say something. I'm sorry. I was going to say maybe we should start a Kickstarter and we'll greenlight the the Rock Kiss documentary. I mean, we'll need to pull up a lot of money. Do you know how much money off- we'd have to get to hire the Rock alone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let and- alone. Listen, hey, listen, we could, if The Rock has has made it this far, this is what we want to do. Yeah, we'll crowdfund and we'll be like, 
if you guys can find us a hundred million dollars, maybe we can get The Rock to be in this movie. That oh, you know, Gene really- Simmons would be like, "I want the whole hundred thousand. <laughs> that dude, that dude does not come cheap for anything. He is a licensing machine. No, he is. But together, The Rock and Kiss, you could call it The Rock and Rock Connection. All right, well, no, did you go right. through all that just to say that joke? No, I end? didn't. No, that just came up out of my head. No, that wasn't a bad set. <laughs> Why is everybody attacking Gordo today? <laughs> Gordo's been trying to inject more of his jokes in, but they are. It's Listen, not as somebody not out right there now. is howling right now and saying Gordo is my favorite. You know who that is? That's Gordo <laughs> listening to the edited episode when it comes out. <laughs> That's me Gordo, as I'm on, editing. On the record, I like your jokes. <laughs> Thank you. I also you, like the silence you get when you say them. <laughs> yeah, for Gordo, it's not that your jokes are bad. It's that the whole thing is funnier if nobody sells it. <laughs> I'm aware. I try to I try to do the same thing to Joe, but he gets me from time to time. <laughs> mm, you guys are working the gimmick. Right Ooh. on, brother. I will say, do you think Gordo's jokes are funny, or do you prefer us no-selling them? Let us know on uh, Instagram. Yeah, again, that's when you want pod. Are we just um, a bunch of heels? We're back at the interview, and Randall says, between, I have to ask, wouldn't it have been easier if you just you know, told your teammates that your dad made the whole Wheaties thing up? He's like, yeah, of course, it would have been easier, but I couldn't do that. Uh, that's my dad. You know, the truth is, in a way, he pushed me to do things I would have never done. He's like, well, can you give us more details? Like, how did you get from Hawaii to Pennsylvania? Did you ever know Waffle's last name? When did you start playing football? He's like, I'm going to tell you all of this, Randall, and much more. And look, once people hear these stories about my life and my family, they're going to see how much we actually all have in common. He's like, oh, and I've got some pretty cool stories about Iron of the Giant. But uh, so that's why I thought this interview I thought was a device for just episode one because it like intros you to the the show and then it kind of closes out with and much, much more as you keep watching. So I thought um, I was a little surprised to hear that this is actually an every episode thing in this interview. Yeah, I like it as a device. And also, I think the funniest part of the entire episode now is when Andre the Giant kicks in the door at a school and just goes, Bonjour, babies! (laughs) (laughs) Bonjour, babies! (laughs) It was like he was like an angry French Kojak. It was amazing. And if that was like... us, if we ever find a lady. Hello, lady! (laughs) Hello, lady. (laughs) Um, So, in... (laughs) In, like, soul man fashion, could I just assume that this was, like, take your parent to school day and he didn't come, so Andre the Giant filled in? I assume show and tell. Well, there's already a firefighter there, so I thought that was, like, another kid's dad who is in yeah, the... Yeah, like a know, career day presenting for us. Yeah, yeah like... exactly. It's like, oh, sorry, I can't make it. I'm actually at Andre's Tiki Bar, but Andre himself will come. And he's like, I'm drunk at the Tiki Bar. I didn't notice any of that. I was too distracted by Andre busting yeah. through the door. <laughs> Bonjour, babies. That What a line. <laughs> All I know is recently we were at New band the, name um, called it Bonjour Babies. <laughs> like I'm thinking of like have you ever been to like a kid's school recently for anything for like a function? Yeah. I went to see for you'll know what I'm talking about then. You say went, only we for should have, right? Our oh, nephew's yeah. basketball game, right? It's elementary school, and I'm like, I have to pee at one point, and they have those little dividers in between the urinals, and like, I'm not that big of a person, and I was like trying to squeeze in because you don't want to be the guy being weird in there, you know? Imagine yeah. Andre the Giant being like, I have to pee, and being in an elementary school, how much of a nightmare that must have yeah, been. Yeah, try having to sit in a first grade chair for a parent-teacher conference. You gotta do the Roseanne, like last week's episode. I yeah, mean- you gotta sit on the desk. <laughs> what you gotta do is you have to do the J and pull your pants down. Not around a bunch of children. You don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, we have some concerning behavior about your child, but we think we figured out where it comes from. Please put your pants back on. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bonjour, babies. Uh, I think if, yeah, if I had to pee at an elementary school, I would just use the stall because, like, the urinals would be so, like, tight. Those are all so small. Those are equally small, though, yeah. yeah. And then you get the risk of being stuck in there. If you had to, you'd probably elbow out of the side of the um, urinal. But, um, yeah, so anyways, um, that was the end of the episode. And, but it does close <laughs> with a little dedication screen to Soul Man Rocky Johnson. It read, uh, thanks for the lessons, and I'll see you down the road. I love you, Dad. And it was a picture of the rock with his dad when he was a, a really young kid, but an actual photo of the two of them. What a bummer. Um, yeah, I mean, Soul Man died, what, a couple years ago now? Yeah. Yeah, so, I think maybe he did die around the time. And sort of mired in some controversy, too, where, like, his book had just come out, his, like, autobiography that he wrote with somebody, and then, like, there was a lawsuit almost immediately after it came out, and, like, Amazon, everybody had to pull it, so, like, it's now a super expensive book because you can't even get a copy of it, and I now I just really want to read it because I'm like, what could have been in this book that right. somebody was so upset about that, like, they just pulled the whole thing? It was probably he just told stories he didn't have permission to tell. It probably isn't anything, like, crazy. Just someone's like, I don't want that told. I feel like it has to be a lot, though. Or pretty wild. Yeah, you know, well, I'm sure we can get the transcript to find out if we can't acquire one properly. This show in general looks like there's going to be a lot of stories that involve his father and his relationship with his father, which are not always the best stories. So I think it was really important for The Rock to, obviously, with his father passing not that long ago, wanted to have a dedication to it. But I think he's really skirting that line of, I want to tell the truth about a lot of things, but I don't want to paint my dad to be a horrible person because I still did love the guy. I think the line in the beginning where he says, I'm a very open person, I think he's trying to say that a little bit there too. He's like, look, I'm not going to lie about this stuff, but you have to give me a little bit of candy coating on some of it because it's a TV show when I was a kid. Because like, if you, without even seeing this show, if you're just aware of The Rock and the things he's talked about in the past, he's talked about like him and his mom were homeless for a little while. You know, he was living out of a car. There were obviously points where his father wasn't doing much to help in these situations, right? So you can imagine that there's like less than glamorous parts of this story that he'll have to find ways to explain properly while still honoring his father's legacy. I can no, let's wrap it up. Yeah, well, um, you know, we're, we've done a pretty lengthy episode about a show that was focused on wrestling, and we actually did not tangent about wrestling as much as I thought we were going to. You guys did Bob good. Backlund. Did you say Bob Backlund? Yeah. <laughs> you can find that on episode two, part two of this episode. Absolutely not. Anyways, going forward, is there anything you guys want to, that we didn't cover as far as this episode or things that you thought were like kind of important to the story, or do we move right on? I think we covered it pretty pretty in depth. I will say that I hope this starts a trend though of other wrestler TV shows like this. I would there love is no to see... other wrestler as big as him that could have. It a doesn't need to be as in, as big as him. It has to be as interesting. No. People won't people won't watch. People watch because The Rock has a giant fan base, not only right. in wrestling outside of wrestling. But if you, you create a, if you create a good else. enough show, it doesn't matter who it's based around. If we can get a downtown Bruno slash Harvey Whippleman spinoff. I'll be the happiest guy in the world. Well, I guess you're going to be sad for a long time. Miz and Mrs. <laughs> is uh, a, a good show right now. I mean, granted, it's a reality show, but still. I said a show about a wrestler. The Miz isn't a wrestler. The Miz is very much a wrestler. He's one of the best heels in wrestling. Ugh. Ugh. The Miz. Gross. Oh, well, you love MJF. Who's I do love MJF. fucking diet version of The Miz. Diet version? That's oh damn my right. God, you're insane. MJF is the greatest promo in wrestling right now. Here's the conversation. Is, is Here, sure <laughs> from a reality TV show. I'm sorry, Nick. We're going to stop it. Joe's wrong. All right. All right uh, go uh, on. Move on. <laughs> Incorrect. All right. So uh, let me ask this question before we move on. 
outside of The Rock, if you could have a show like this documenting the the life of a wrestler. Buff like, Bagwell. Okay. <laughs> Baby Buff. It could be called The Stuff. Who do you think would be like a legit, because I'm not going by who's just my favorite wrestler, but who I think would be maybe the most interesting story to find out about. Like I would say up. Bret Hart. Ugh. I mean, just the hearts in general would be interesting. It would be interesting, though. Yeah. Living with like 50 other Von wrestlers. Eric. Yeah. 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 All the wrestlers it, coming. Devon Eric would be a good one, too. Yeah. You're going to call the show 30 Funerals? Jeez, <laughs> oh, buddy. Jesus. About the hearts of the Von Erics, because... <laughs> yeah, both. it kind of goes both ways. But <laughs> Brett or Kevin, if you're listening. I don't agree with that statement. Yeah. No, I think... Um, I do. Brett I think, screwed Brett. All right. And I think Bret Hart actually would be one of the more interesting ones, because they had a lot of like interesting people coming in and out of the dungeon and stuff like that, and people and, who stayed and over. And he grew up, and he grew up around the dungeon and, and such, and Calgary wrestling. Like, I think it could be a, a really interesting show. Also, with some dry Canadian humor, too. I'd love that. Not just because I'm a huge fan. I think Jericho would probably be a good one. He's got an interesting his life, book, too. His dad yeah. was a professional hockey player. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he's just he been up, around like, the world. In the 80s with, like, hair metal and stuff. Like, yep. I can see that being fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, you, like, um, I don't know. Once you mentioned Brad, I think that would probably be one of the more interesting stories because of, like, just knowing that he had an interesting childhood. That, like, if you're trying to document there, like, yeah. Just because of all the different characters that would come in and out of that, I think it would be really fun. And I'm trying to think. Yeah, but they're all so boring in reality. There's a lot of no. How can you hate on Brett so much? Because he's boring. Oh, yeah. And all he does is bitch. You like The Miz, and you don't like Bret Hart. Miz isn't boring. Miz can oh actually God. talk. Bret can't talk. You're giving me a headache in my eyeball. All right, well, actually, um, and even actually a young uh, Randy Savage, I think, would be a really interesting story. Like him playing baseball and stuff like that. Would I want the HBK one, where they can have that whole thing where he sucks off Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else answered. That is the one to go out on. Ironically, though, I would also like to see a show about Andre the Giant because he's like the stories about him are just fucking crazy. They're all legendary. Yeah. Like his. They can have the same guy. They could. I don't want like a sitcom about Andre the Giant, though. I want like a 12 part, like HBO style miniseries. You know, didn't like they just series. make one? I no, that was the big show show. They did a big documentary about Andre the Giant that um uh Ben Ben Simmons Ben Simmons did it. It was on HBO, yeah. It's a really interesting watch. It's too bad Hogan's such a scumbag because that would have been a, a good one. Yeah, before the, you know, racist shit. Yeah, but I think Hogan would be a good one, whether or not you like him. I don't like Hulk Hogan, obviously, because... The story's interesting, yeah. The the story's super interesting. There was rumors of a Hogan movie starring Chris Helmsworth, but I think that was Greenlit. frozen. Was it? Greenlit, yeah, Netflix is doing it. It's still doing it? Last I heard, they were still doing it. But you know what? Um, You don't have to paint Hogan. You don't have to paint Hogan, though, as a good guy. That's what I mean. I think it'd be interesting to cover that stuff, too. To close out... um. Before we even get into the Green Letter Cancel, the only thing about this show that actually had me, and because you mentioned it a second ago, it potentially somewhat Andre, I wondered if this show, Young Rock, was something that is best suited as a sitcom, the way it is, or if this should have been like one of those like extended length movies, like the ones they did about the Jacksons and the Temptations, like, you know, those like seven hour VH1 movie docuseries things. I almost thought like they could have just done that with The Rock and done this like one really long kind of movie. I still watch that Jackson 5 one anytime it's on all the way through. It's, I watched the little Richard one recently, actually, where he sings the, uh, the like, 1956 version of X-rated lyrics, and they're like, you can't sing that song, it's about <laughs> sex, it's always funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I guess we'll, uh, let's, let's move on and get into the Green Ladder Cancel. I will go in the order that I see you in. Nick, we're starting with you. So, 
I really like The Rock, the character The Rock. I have struggled in the recent past with Dwayne Johnson. I'm, I don't know. There's something about him. It's all, you know, it's just opinion. Like, who, who knows? I, he feels really disingenuous to me. I'm not a huge fan of, like, I don't know. His movies are good. Some of his movies are good. All of them are good. Don't get me wrong. His persona is just that. I think it's persona. Having said all of that, I do think this show has legs. Uh, I was entertained the whole time. I really love all the throwbacks to all these old wrestlers, whether or not they were actually all together at the time. And I think it it pay, this episode specifically paves a road for what I think could be a really good series. So I am definitely hooked. It's a green light. We'll see what happens. I don't I don't see this show, you know, failing for some reason or another. Uh, I think it's just going to be good, uh, even though it is, you know, just more glomming on the rock and you know his tough upbringing it's like we've all heard it before which is what kind of the only thing that bums me but that has nothing to do with the show itself being good which it is so it's a green light for me ferg you know what nick uh it's a green light for me i liked each era you know i, I like starting with the childhood really had his childhood innocence moving into high school where i got strong uh everybody hates chris vibes from the uh the high school years and i love that show i plan on picking that eventually too and then we didn't get a lot of the high school i mean sorry the college stuff but i enjoyed the little i saw of that too so I, I look forward to more and i like i said i had already seen the pilot and after doing it on the show i could i plan on continuing joe yeah i'm gonna green light this one i mean i really again i had some petty wrestling things about it right because of nerdiness of our whole lives growing up but I love the three eras. I think that it's really smart to be able to get different people. I mean, the kind of show where you can be like, hey, everybody sit down and everybody might get something different out of it is always going to give you um, good legs. I think it's really funny. I think there's some sweet parts to it. Some parts that are totally weird and kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, I think that obviously, like I said, I'd watched this previously, but I saw this when it came out. I was excited to see it. I had not very good high hopes for it. And then, you know, you're super sold on it after the first episode, and Andre yelling bonjour babies is just the icing on the cake. So, green light for Joey. Gordo. It's a green light for me. I was thoroughly entertained all the way through from modern rock to young rock to old rock, current rock to president rock. I, uh, I, I, you just see his personality. You could see it was very, very true to his persona. And I was always entertained by The Rock's persona growing up. He was one of my favorite. I can't cancel this. It, it's got The Rock in it. How can you cancel it? And it's like good rock. It's not like bad action movie rock. So green light from me. I think I was the most conflicted out of the five of us. And I really struggled and I wasn't sure. And I leaned both ways. And um, ultimately now I'm going to green light it. But there was a point where... For the majority of today, when I thought about it, I was really leaning towards going the other direction. You just didn't want us to call you, tell you that, to eat a bag of dicks. No, no, it's not just that, but that was part of it. But it wasn't it was part just of it. That. But no, so like honestly, a big thing that just swayed me was you like you guys looking up and telling me that Waffles was a real person, and obviously they they made it a bit of a they stretched the reality of the situation and made it a little more cartoony. But I was like, the show is so. I expected something different from the show, I guess, and I loved those early scenes. Like I said, I gravitate more towards 10-year-old rock stuff with, like, the other wrestlers that I'm seeing, and that was really fun for me. So I'm like, oh, it's Junkyard Dog, and all, like, that was really fun. And then when it moves off from that, it's less about the wrestling stuff, so that's, like, less of my interest. 
So then when I saw some of the goofier things, it was weird to me, but, and then the interview humor was so different from the, the cutaway humor. It was, it, I just felt like I was watching three different shows at once, but I was entertained by it. And ultimately, like every other time we say, like, when you exit the first episode, do you want to go on and watch the second? And I do. I'd like to see where this goes. It wasn't like a super easy green line for me, but ultimately I do want to keep watching. So it's a green light. So that's five out of five. So congratulations to Young Rock. You've moved on to episode two with us. The five out of fivers club. Way to go, Rock. The five out of five club is growing rapidly, by the way. It is. It is. Also, did did the big show show get zero or did Gordo vote? Gordo, 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 Gordo killed that. Uh, Gordo. I was going to say, because it'd be very interesting to compare the two wrestling shows. If one got all five and one got all We none, should, but... in, in all honesty, we should do a show where we look back at all of the other shows and reflect and see if we would want a green light or can't keep I've, I've our mentioned green that lights. before i do think it's a good idea do you we've want to talk change? about it we've done 50 in? we've done 50 shows so we have 50 different shows this is 51 51 this is 51 so maybe kind of coming up we should do that yeah you know what the, it's a it's a matter of time as <laughs> we have been uh, to the people just listening in, we've found it, it, it's harder and harder some weeks to get these episodes out on time, but we do want to commit to giving you guys a new episode every week. Hopefully we will find a way to get stuff like that out for you too and uh, give you some extra content. But no, yeah, to close extra, things out, guys, extra. We're gonna go to do stop it. talking. Let's close out this episode. We've, we've been talking long enough. So anyways, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Remember to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to where to follow us on social media and everywhere else to listen to us. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Follow us, comment, talk to us, interact. We like hearing from you guys. But that's it. So tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Uncle Iron Cheek. <laughs>